Thanks for listening to the Home Fix Show podcast brought to you by Heating Equipment Company. All makes and models of residential and commercial furnaces and air conditioners can be serviced or installed by Heating Equipment Company, a Lennox premier dealer. 208-459-2212. This is a podcast of the Home Fix Show with Joe Prin. Well, as I'm sure you know, on this day about this time 20 years ago, where were you? What were you doing? Who was with you as our world was torn apart and yet we came together 20 years ago on this day well good morning welcome to the home fix show we're here on news talk kboi the next three hours of home repair improvement fixing things up tearing things down talking about contractors and the service professionals that help us out maybe doing it yourself wanting to know what things cost or what order to do things or where to find some things. That's what I'm here for, to try to help you out with that. I'm Joe Prin, and we've been doing this for a little while and have learned many things along the way, so hopefully I can pass some of that on to you. The way that you make this happen is you grab your phone this morning and you punch in 208-336-3700, 208-336-3700. Uh, sleepy little Tara over there. We'll answer the phone this morning, up late, doing the Bronco game. She said she's not turning on her mic because she does not know what may come out today. <laughs> but she's uh, she, she's good enough there to answer the phone. Um, so get your calls in. And you probably want to do that fairly early because coming up at 8 o'clock this morning, Scott's going to be here from Master Plumber, and it's our Ask a Plumber show where if you have any Plumbing questions, concerns, confusions, curiosities, uh, just want to know something about what you should do or shouldn't do, you know, how do water softeners work or septic systems or why the toilet whistles every time you flush it or something. Scott will be here at uh, 8.07-ish and would love to hear from you about your plumbing questions at that time. I'm not going to take plumbing questions, so we're going to save those for Scott. So he'll be here a little bit after the news on in the next hour. Uh, if you ever do miss a part of our program and you want to get caught up, podcasts or just, I guess you just call them archival recordings, are available at kboi.com. Uh, just go to kboi.com, click on that podcast menu, drop down to the Home Fix Show, and click which date or look through the topics there on what you might want to hear again or uh, perhaps for the first time. And thanks to everybody listening to us online today. If you do have questions or if you're listening to this three months after this is aired live on uh, September 11th, 2021, uh, you can still ask questions. Just send an email to joe at joeprin.com and I will do my best to get back to you as soon as uh, I'm able to after I see that. So joe at joeprin.com and we can talk. Uh, let's go to Scott in Boise. Good morning, Scott. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm good. Good. Hey, uh, can you talk a little bit about polybutylene water lines in homes? I have a home that's a little over 30 years old and I had to replace a a seal cock this week. And uh, of course the plumber told me that we had polybutylene lines and they're obviously they're, they're banned now, not using that material, but I don't know the significance of 
do I need to replace all of that in my whole house or what's the uh, danger of that? Or Yeah, I'd, I'd, know, I'd love to get the opinion of Scott when he gets here. I, I mentioned he'll be here at uh, a little after 8 o'clock, and yeah. he is our plumber. And, yeah, because I've, I've got some opinions on that, but I want to I want to hear that right straight from him, so I don't want to uh, – I don't. I don't want to spoil that. So um, it, it would be. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like you to be listening to to us right there at about eight oh seven after we get him on. We'll, we'll we definitely yeah. will do this. I'll just save this note right here and ask him that. And if if we don't get to some of the conversation that you wanted to, you know, specifically talk about, let uh, you know, call back in here and let's do that. That sounds great. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, good. Good. Uh, good one to bring up. Yes. Thank you. And we will do that. Scott. Scott can talk to Scott. That'll work out good. 208-336-3700, Last week also on the show, I made some comments uh, about uh, the Filter Girls Filter Factory store. Um, and uh, from what I'd heard back and what I'd uh, witnessed myself, uh, I thought the store was closed up and uh, they were going through a, a transition there that maybe was not so good. And uh, so I did hear from many of you uh, this week, and one person in particular said, well, I was just out there and they're open. So I thought, you know, I need to go find out what's going on. So I I drove right out there that afternoon, and yes, their store is open uh, in Meridian on Locust Grove, and they're doing everything they possibly can there to uh, take care of people there. Uh, the gentleman that was there working said they've been having some tough times, and uh, he just asked for as much patience as possible and uh, just try to communicate with them the best we can with our needs and uh, what's going on. And uh, so I was wrong that the, the store was closed up. I guess it was just temporary. Uh, so they're, they're back in there and trying to uh, get things back in order. So, um, you know, give them a chance there. You might want to run out there. It's 1500 uh, North Maple Grove is the address. Uh, roughly that intersection there between Fairview and Maple Grove, just one layer back in this, uh, this row of stores there. You'll, you'll see them there behind Yogurts. If you know where Yogurts is on that corner, they're just right behind them there, so you can find them. and uh, go, go talk to them, see if they can take care of you still. So I just wanted to get that correction out there. Also got a, a really cool uh, listener email here with a suggestion. Um, this is from Mark, uh, Mark Fleischer. He's the owner and operator of Renovate 208 LLC, a remodeling company. And he said, hey, uh, you know, you were asking about uh, topics and stuff that you, you know, might want to talk about on the show or if anybody wanted to hear anything. He said, I've got one to make here for you. He said, one topic you might want to talk about on your show is a problem I've been seeing lately on kitchen remodels. Uh, he said, specifically with the introduction of an island with a solid surface countertop. And when he says solid surface, he's referring to things like quartz or granite, uh, one of the big heavy slabs that's on there, uh, or re-topping cabinets or an existing island that was perhaps laminate but now goes to a solid surface. He said the problem is the significant weight of that slab on that island and the stress that's being created on the floor system underneath it, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of these islands are on a mid-span of a joist, and uh, for 
those maybe not familiar with this, if you think about what's underneath your floor, there is some form of an engineered joist or a dimensional piece of lumber, like a 2x10, 2x12, something that's going across your floors, either left to right or front to back somewhere. It's usually sitting on the uh, the outside walls around the perimeter, or maybe across a pony wall running down through the middle of the house or a, a bearing wall down in the basement or something. But traditionally out there in the middle of a room is a place where there's not a whole lot of support. So as, as Mark continued in his note here that uh, some of these islands are on a mid-span of a joist out there floating in the middle, nothing underneath them, which is causing a bouncing floor when you walk across them. Uh, also short of doing some load calculations, I'm concerned that the overcapacity on the floor joists uh, could be causing a failure of either those floor joists or potentially the cabinet or even the countertop. And we've heard about this before when we were talking with uh, ben at Cutting Edge Kitchens, he was saying that uh, often there was reinforcement that had to happen on long, narrow strips because if it was sagging or bouncing, you can actually crack pieces of granite in that if they don't have enough uh, support underneath there to hold it. Uh, so Mark says here with his his company, he says, I make it a practice of going underneath the floor and adding some support beams with 4 by 4 posts down to a concrete pier block directly underneath the island. This makes a significant difference in floor flex and makes me feel much better from a structural standpoint. Just some food for thought. I appreciate your show. Keep up the great work, Mark. Uh, So yes, very true because uh, when homes are built like that, uh, of course, one of the things that we've engineered into a home is we've tried to figure out what's the minimum amount of material that we can put in a house to still deliver a long-lasting, safe, acceptable product. And I used to run in this too, just to, just like Mark, where people would say, every time I walk through my living room, the, the china hutch just rattles. I can just hear the, the knickknacks or the plates or the glass doors just rattling in there. Or I hear as, you know, we walk across the floor that this is just shaking over here and you can hear the things in the cabinets rattling. Well, that's because that floor is is flexing. The engineering behind it is designed to go from this side of the house over to this side of the house. And when you walk through the middle, it's like walking across the top of a, a trampoline. If you could actually measure it, you would probably see that the floor sags a little bit as you walk across it. And not all of that is bad. Uh, some Some of that is uh, it actually helps the floor feel a different way underfoot and under carpet and in bedrooms and stuff. You probably don't notice it, but it, it, it's called that weight on the floor is called the dead load. It's, it's the load that is just sitting there all the time. It's always there. It's, it's never changing. It's just always there. So you take and perhaps knock out a wall between your kitchen and the living room or the family room or something, and that allows you to push things out a little bit further. And you say, oh, now we got room for an island. So let's put some cabinets here, and then we're going to fill those cabinets up with pots and pans and storage and pantry and maybe you know even a, a dishwasher or an under-cabinet oven or something, maybe even another sink or, or, or so, so. And then let's put on a, a solid surface countertop. Well, now you've put a tremendous amount of weight per square foot, and in total – you've put this weight out there in the middle. So it's like taking that, uh, you know, that, that remember that commercial they used to do with the paper towel and the, 
they'd get the water in the middle of it and put a weight on it. It would sag down and, you know, eventually something would break through there. Well, that's kind of what your floor is doing. It's, it's that weight is just sitting there. And so as you walk across it, it's already stressed and you just bounce it a little bit more. So if, if you notice that, uh, you might want to get somebody like Mark out to your house from uh, Renovate 208 and uh, have him uh, go underneath there and reinforce that floor a little bit. That's what we used to have to do with China hutches and other places where people say, I just, I just walked down this one room and just uh, I feel like I'm you know, on a trampoline out here. So uh, it can be done. It can be fixed. It doesn't mean that the house was built bad. It just means the house was built within the engineering specs of most situations. Well, you've changed that or you've gone something beyond what it was designed to handle and maybe a little bit more effort needs to be uh, needs to be made. So if you need to get a hold of Mark, you can reach him at uh, mark at renovate208.com, uh, mark at renovate208.com. And uh, Mark, with your permission, I'm probably just going to put your your uh, your name on my resource list uh, there also. You've, you've been listening to the show a long time, and I thank you for your comments on that, and I'm sure that uh, has helped someone out this morning. Uh, if you'd like to get in on the show, grab that phone right now. We've got Scott from Master Plumber coming up in about uh, 20 minutes. So this is a good time to get a question that's not about plumbing into me at 208-336-3700. 208-336-3700. I'm Joe Prin. You're listening to News Talk KBOI. The Home Fix Show with Joe Prin. We'll be right back. On News Talk KBOI. Solar Concepts of Idaho recommends another smart product, solar-powered attic fans. In warmer months, the temperature in your attic can reach over 165 degrees. That trapped heat builds up and forces your air conditioner to work harder, resulting in higher cooling costs. Solitube solar-powered attic fans pull out the heat, making it cheaper to cool your home. In the colder months, trapped moisture can lead to the growth of mold and fungus when the warm air in your home meets the cold air in your attic. Solitube solar-powered attic fans help pull this moisture out of your attic. Solar-powered attic fans from Solar Concepts of Idaho are safe, smart, and an inexpensive way to maximize efficiency and maintain a healthier home. Solar Concepts is Idaho's only premier Solitube products dealer. Visit them at 2053 East Fairview in Meridian or at solar-concepts.com. Again, that's solar-concepts.com. I talk about how equipment and components in our homes can get stressed to the point of failure because we forgot to do one simple thing. One of those items is maintaining our dryers. Ah, the clothes dryer, just sitting there till laundry day waiting. Then boom, we run at full speed until it doesn't. Clogged dryer vents are not only a potential fire hazard, but the lint buildup in the vents makes your dryer work harder and can lead to expensive parts and repairs. The dryer vent wizard cleans dryer vents. They come to your house. They clean the vent from beginning to end, fix broken or damaged hoses and clamps, and they even go inside the dryer and clean out in there. Clean dryer, happy dryer. Laundry day is a success once again. Call Mike at Dryer Vent Wizard. Here's a special home fix listener phone number, 208. 208- 340-1070. That's 208-340-1070 for Dryer Vent Wizard. Or schedule online at idadryerguy.com. 
Window coverings can change not only how a room feels, but also how it performs. Properly chosen coverings can keep rooms cooler in the summer and warmer in the winter, all while delivering the style and personality you want in your home. So how about this? How about an exclusive, no questions asked warranty, which covers anything that could happen to the window coverings, including damage from children and pets. Call today to set up an appointment with Budget Blinds. Yes, Budget Blinds. Quality does come with benefits. Call 208-375-1212 and Budget Blinds will bring their showroom to you. Or visit budgetblinds.com slash Boise to schedule online. But here is the end result. You get quality window coverings at a great price with incredible service. And did I mention it? Full installation is included as part of the service. 208-375-1212 for Budget Blinds. Or visit budgetblinds.com slash Boise. I think we are finally starting to understand how important clean ductwork is to our respiratory health and to keep our homes cleaner. After a new home is built, a good duct cleaning is essential to take out all the construction dust and debris. Even after a remodeling project, that dust has got to go. And if you've not had your ducts cleaned recently, or ever, you definitely need System Clean. System Clean has powerful trucks that pull an incredible amount of air through your ducts, Inside, scrubbing air snakes knock loose the dirt and send it on its way out to their trucks. Combine that with individual vent and return cleaning and sanitization, and your ducts will be as clean as possible. Sound like something you need to get taken care of? Well, System Clean can help you out. Call System Clean at 208-884-3300 and schedule your appointment right now. System Clean, 208 208- 884-3300 and ask for the Home Fix Show discount. Ladies, if um someone in your home thinks they know what they're doing, better call Joe immediately. 208-336-3700. Call soon. Everything's under control. No problem here. This is the Home Fix Show with Joe Prin on News Talk KBOI. I got this. I got this. Don't worry. I got this. Now, wasn't that rain fun <laughs> yesterday? A little bit of rain. I got, I don't know that I've gotten so excited about rain in a long time. I mean, that was, that was pretty wonderful. I almost went out in the driveway and stripped off and did a Brian Cranston out there up and down the street, you know, a little bit. I just wanted to express my happiness somehow. That was, that was great. You have bail money for those <laughs> kinds of events? I thought you weren't talking today. <laughs> you stripping down and dancing in the rain yeah it was it, deserved it it felt good you know i walked out to walked out to my truck and it was raining on me and i just kind of stood there for a moment and appreciated that because i thought i am not going to complain about this it felt really good 208-336-3700 if you would like to join us uh, a lot of people built new wood privacy fences over this past six, seven months, or they moved into homes with a wood fence and they, you, you, they, we could be thinking, you know, should we get a stain or a preservative onto that fence before winter? Well, first of all, I'm glad that you did wait and allow the wood to dry out and release its inner moisture as much as possible before you apply any type of a penetrating sealant like that, like any type of 
oil-based stain or a, or a solvent-based preservative or something. So I'm glad you did wait. But should you, should you stain a wood cedar fence? I could start an argument with somebody about that right now, about why this needs to be done or not done, I guess, would be the place that I'd debate club be willing to go to advocate for uh, not staining a fence. I mean, what's wrong with a gray weathered fence? Usually they all end up that anyway, because somebody, you know, wants to take and uh, stain it at first, and then he gets a little further and a little further, and uh, you end up with uh, no uh, no stain on it for a few years, and then you say, ah, tack with it. That's just the way it's going to be. But uh, does staining actually add any life to the fences? Well, maybe, but I see a lot of, you know, fairly old fences that look just fine because they were built well with good materials. I would I would argue there that, no, your fence will last just fine without staining it if, it if you used good quality materials. Now, if you used, you know, junk pickets that are real thin and cut from, you know, uh, uh, I guess lesser quality lumber stock to begin with, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe the stain would help it a little bit, but uh, I'll just go back to, I see a lot of old fences that look just fine. Uh, number two on my list, I would argue, is the wood is dead already. You're not going to be bringing it back to life, so you can't really add life to it. It's already dead. Uh, you're just keeping it from turning back to dust and dirt sooner, so you're just delaying the inevitable. Uh, how much is dependent on the, the quality of the pickets and the rails, how much life extension you're going to get if you're going to spend a little bit of, or maybe a lot of money, you know, every couple of years for the next 20 years, are you going to extend the life of the fence from 25 years to 30 years? You know, was it worth it for that extra five years? And to do it right, you have to do both sides anyway. Uh, it doesn't really do much good to do just one side. And then look at the cost versus how often you have to do this. What does that add up to? Will that pay for that at the other five years at the end of life? And then the other thing is, you know, what what do you need to uh, look at when you, when you when you are staining your fence? Is are you just setting yourself up for nothing but disappointment? Uh, are you, are you going to be worried about it every time you see you know a little bit of stains or a weak spot in the finish or something? Is it something that you're going to you know, wring your hands and fret over a lot. Uh, there's, there's a lot of blessings to just letting some things go. And uh, perhaps staining a fence is one of those. Maybe we've just put too much uh, magazine quality, make it look new forever type of expectations on ourselves. And we worry more what people will think about us. And like, uh, like I was taught, you may worry less when you realize how unoften they actually do. So maybe we don't need to be staining these fences and putting a lot of time and effort and materials into them. Now, if you want to do it, that's just fine. I mean, I'm not stopping you. I'm saying the debate club, I would maybe make this argument. Uh, let's go to Denny in Nampa. Good morning, Denny. Good morning, Joe. How are you today? Hey, uh, I'm doing great. Go I got a quick note. I know you got an indoor plumber coming in, a good expert. My, my thing I want to add to the people... I got my note from Napa on my phone this week. The city will be shutting down our water outdoor irrigation system on the 17th mm -hmm. of the month. Yep. They also made a notation at the bottom of my notification reminding people, please do not water your house water 
on your yard or your flower beds. If you're doing that with your water hose, running your system, your price on your water bill will be increasing. And remember, in the city of Napa, they did get that increase from the uh, passing in 2018, I believe it was, mm-hmm. since I was living here in, in, that, in Idaho at that time, uh, that there will be increase in the sewer bills. They will be going up officially October 1 in our building when it goes out. So for those people that think they're going to start watering their yards with their domestic water, keep in mind your bill will reflect that accordingly. Also. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a almost a consumption penalty because if we think about it, the reason the irrigation is being shut down is because there's a lack of water. And Correct. uh you know, and that's not to just say, well, I'll just use this city water. Well, you know, that's it it's more of a larger scale issue than that. And it, it really doesn't hurt anything to let your lawns start going dormant now. Uh, you could probably take a hose and water a few trees or bushes or some of the, the late flowering things a little bit, but we, we probably don't need to be watering our, our lawns a whole lot more. Uh, Denny, thanks for thanks for that. I got the uh, same notice I saw in uh, the canals uh, out in Eagle that are fed off the Farmers Union ditch uh normally that's shut off around october 15th they're going to shut that down on september 20th also so next week might be your last shot at flood irrigating or if you pump your sprinklers for your your lawn irrigation out of your water share on the uh, irrigation ditches that's that's coming to an end out there also so hopefully that'll the managers of those water systems uh, i'm sure they know what they're, they're doing they've been doing it for a hundred and some years around here so Uh, It's us that need to get used to it. We'll be back after the news. It's Ask a Plumber Day. Scott will be here from Master Plumber. Coming up after the news here on News Talk, KBOI, and Home Fix. Woodcraft of Boise is home to just about everything the professional, the garage hobbyist, or the backyard woodworker could ever need or imagine. Just take a walk through the aisles at Woodcraft. You're going to see products and materials you never knew even existed. It's amazing. And why is it there? Because Woodcraft is all about woodworking, and that is a personal expression of your taste and abilities. If they bring you the latest tools and technologies, the best finishes and hardware, and all at a price that makes sense, you can make things better and have more fun doing it. Fantastic blades and bits the tops and tools and accessories, and yes, it's all here in Boise where you can put your hands on it in the Overland Park Shopping Center at Cole and Overland. Want to come to a class and learn from a pro? Yep, Woodcraft does that. Stop by the store for an upcoming schedule or visit woodcraftofboise.com. Woodcraft, helping you make wood work. Isn't it great knowing that when you need a Realtor, you could have Idaho's number one Realtor working for you? That's right. If you make a call to Matt Bauscher, you'll be treated with respect and professionalism no matter the size of your transaction. You've heard Matt here on the Home Fix Show with me. You've heard callers that have become his clients. Matt and his team are on top of what's happening in Idaho minute by minute, neighborhood by neighborhood. Choose quality and professionalism. Choose Matt Bauscher for your Realtor. Visit BauscherRealEstate.com or call Matt at 208-631-3870. That's 208-631-3870. 
In accordance with fair housing laws, Matt Bauscher provides equal professional service without regard to the race, color, religion, sex, handicap, familial status, national origin, favorite football team, or sexual orientation of any prospective client, customer, or the residents of any community. This is a podcast of The Home Fix Show with Joe Prin. On this day at about uh, this time, uh, 20 years ago, where were you? What were you doing and who was around you that you could look into their eyes as our world was torn apart and yet we came together 20 years ago on this day. Hey, welcome to the Home Fix Show. Good morning. It's our special program today on News Talk KBOI. It is our Ask a Plumber show. I'm Joe Prin, and the guy, if you look at your radio, the guy sitting to my right uh, or actually my left, your right. Uh, Scott's here from Master Plumbing. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Good to have you here. Thanks for being up and alert. And It's great to be here. It's always good up I on mean, Saturday morning. We already got questions coming in from people. And if uh, today's the day, if you have anything odd going on with your plumbing system, questions about it, something you've been told, something you're concerned about, or maybe something that you've learned along the way, uh, today, today we talk plumbing. Uh, you can call us here in the studio at 208-336-3700. And uh, Tara will talk to you and we will then converse here. If you're listening to this show in a, at a future date other than when it aired live, which uh, for those of you listening to your radios right now, but uh, people do listen to our podcast, our archived copies of the show at kboi.com, brought to you by our friends at Heating Equipment Company. Thank you for that. Uh, You can send emails at any time. Uh, So even if you're listening to this three months from now uh, and you've got a question about something you hear us talking about today, send a note to joe at joeprin.com. I'll get back in touch with Scott and we will get you an answer as soon as possible. So joe at joeprin.com, P-R-I-N. So, uh, Scott, let's just start off right away with a question we got from a person named Scott. Uh, He was talking about polybutylene pipe he was doing some work in, yeah. in a bathroom and i think you heard it when you were driving in i did yep so uh, i believe he was doing some work on a system and had a plumber there helping him and pointed out that there were some issues with this pipe that uh, years ago there was a lot of problems with it so uh, a lot of us have passed through that I, I forget how how actually how long ago that really was and what seemed to be common knowledge at the time there's an entire new generation now moving into homes mm-hmm. that maybe didn't have any problems with it. And now they're hearing about what there was class action lawsuits. There was right. house be, houses being completely replumbed. Mm-hmm. Go through the whole thing. If, if we had to do a verbal, like a Wikipedia on polybutylene pipe, <laughs> right. take us through that. Okay. I'll do my best. Yeah. Uh, so polybutylene was manufactured, if I remember right, between the late 70s and early to mid 90s, and that's when it was installed in homes over a period of about 20 years. Both in new construction and remodeling. Correct. Yeah, it was a product that was available on the shelf. You could pull it off at the supply house and install it for whatever purpose. Oh, and wasn't it an amazing thing because now you could go all the way from either a manifold or wherever it was tying in you could go clear to the other side of the house, up through a wall, all the way to a bathroom toilet without a single 
fitting in between. Right, right. It was kind of the precursor to the modern, you know, PECs that we use now. Right. Kind of between PVC and PECs, kind of a, a thing that, they're, that they were making. Yeah, let's get rid of galvanized. Let's sure. get rid of copper. Make we don't it smooth-walled, get the flow increase. Yeah. That kind of stuff. So it was a great product when it came out, although the engineering, um, when they developed it, they didn't do quite all the testing um, that they should have done on it. Mm. And what they found out is particularly in municipal water systems where the city provides you water is where you find the problem. So if you're on a well and you have polybutylene, it's not such a big deal. Mm. And the reason why is because it's the chlorines and the chloramines that the city puts in the water to prevent um, you know, bacteria growth and stuff like that actually weakens and makes the, uh, the, the plastic brittle. And by doing ah. that, this, at the high stress points, like at the fittings, the turns, the 90s, that type of thing. Elbows, tees, mm-hmm. couplers. Yeah, those type of things are real brittle, and then they shear off and break, right? And because sometimes as, they split. Yeah, because as you turn on a faucet or something, we've all done that. We've mm-hmm. turned it, we've heard pipes rattle and stuff. You know, water rushing through pipes or a pressure change. There, there is some movement there, so that's when things break. Yeah, and a question I get asked quite often, too, is, do I know which section I can replace to be preventative, right? Yes. Unfortunately, you can't because the the corrosion is happening from the inside out. And so you don't know until you see water coming out. And, and it can fail several different ways. Sometimes you get a, a shear and boom, it floods. But more often than not, you just get cracks and you get little sprays and you get little uh, drips. But when it's in the wall, the damage is done and you don't know until it actually you know, shows up somewhere. So are these uh, are these uh, just accidents waiting to happen still, or are, are you of the mindset, like you said, if you're on a well or something, and if you haven't had a problem up to this point, you probably won't. So yes and no, we still see and replace those today. So on a, I would say on a, on a month, we probably see at least two or three homes that have had a polybutylene. And this break. is the gray plastic pipe. Traditionally, yes. it's the gray plastic stuff. Yes. Not this red and the white and the blue stuff that's out there now. Correct. So if you have that gray plastic pipe in your home, do you need to be worried about this? Uh, maybe not worried, but concerned. Yes, definitely keep it on the back of your observant. mind. Observant. Yes, observant is good. Monitoring of it. Yep, and absolutely, absolutely monitor it. And then if you do open up a wall, especially in a wall or something like that where it's enclosed normally yeah. and you see it, that's the time to replace it because you don't want to do it. You don't want to go back in there exactly. ever again. Exactly. You don't want to do it again. Yeah. So if you're t- replacing a shower valve or something, that's a great time to redo that and drop it down below the floor. And yep. uh, at least you've got it that far. Correct. Yeah. Cause if it leaks in the crawl space, I mean, that's not the end of the world. It's still not great, but uh, you're not flooding your property so much. You know? Well, and somebody, I, I remember this conversation years ago, they said, you know, I can't afford the, you know, $3,500 or whatever it's going to be to have, you know, you guys come out mm-hmm. and replumb everything underneath my house. Right. So they put on like a $400 leak detector valve on their main line that if all of a sudden it detects a leak, you know, something that runs for like two hours straight or something. Right. It shuts itself off. The problem with that, though, is polybutylene, I would, like I said earlier, that's usually not how the fails happen. And the bursting is usually the, not the most common way. Most of the time, it's a split, a crack, and just a slow, just constant a little, little, little drip or, mm-hmm. a, a, that little or a spray. Pinhole you know, spray. Yep, yep. That's usually what happens. Okay. And if it goes unattended for a while, then it will get bigger. But at that point, then the damage is done. And So maybe the best thing for us to do is just to, if we still have the polybutylene in our home, 
maybe set a little bit aside every month, every year or something, and uh, know that you know a potential could happen. Start budgeting for it. Budget for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, get it planned out and taken care of. Or if we have a little bit of uh, available funding, maybe this is an investment. You know, it'll never change the look of your house. Nobody will ever know. Right. But but you may sleep a little bit better or go away on vacation a little bit uh, yep. with more comfort. So it also depends on when your home was built and when the polybutylene was installed, right? Right. If it was installed on the early end in the 70s, you're probably closer to a failure point. If it was the late in the mid-90s, you know, you still have 20 years ahead, so it's going to be even longer. And that's been 20 years already. Yeah, so we're thinking, you know, some of these systems are going on 40, 45 years old already. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, wow. Anything showing up in the uh, in in the, the PEX world? Uh, are, are those systems doing just fine now? Do you think the industry's learned how to yes. handle that a little bit better? Yeah, they think that PEX has done a, a great job with that. That's a new you know polymer that they've made for the plastics. It has some memory in it, so it can stretch. And you know it's really great for freezing because if it freezes, it just kind of bulbs up in the middle. And then when it thaws out, it just goes back to its same form. And I've got to imagine the industry and those suppliers of those <laughs> products tested everything because they couldn't afford <laughs> another another black eye like they got with the polybutylene. You'd think so, and you'd hope so. Although I've, I've seen it, you know, with ABS Plastics, they had a big stint also in the 60s and 70s with Phoenix Piping where it was a, it failed and there was a big class action lawsuit with the drain pipes on that too. So right. I guess you never know. Manufactured products are just that. They're manufactured. And exactly. Even even copper pipes don't last forever, and we sure know galvanized steel doesn't last forever. Cast iron, yep, so nothing does. Nothing does. It all it all has a life, and uh, yeah. So, so Scott, uh, the Scott that called, I guess you know if you have that opportunity, it might not be a bad thing. If you do have any other uh, specific questions, there, Scott, call us back at 208-336-3700 because the other Scott from Master Plumbing is. In studio, and we're ready to take your calls. Uh, Jackie's on the line. We'll get her, or is that a he or her? She, uh, right after this break, when we come back with more of The Home Fix Show on News Talk KBOI. The Home Fix Show with Joe Prin will be right back on News Talk KBOI. Renewable Energy Northwest built a home with a contractor, Northern Construction, in Sand Hollow, Idaho, with solar thermal radiant floor heat and cooling. This 4,500 square foot home, the total energy bill in August of 2020 was $80. In September, they got the solar PV up and running, and now the Idaho power bill will be $5.20 per month. Because the HVAC for the home is so efficient, along with the hot water, the solar PV needed was half the amount of a home this size would normally take. The homeowners were just telling Carl from Renewable Energy Northwest how comfortable the home is with warm, comfy floors and no air blowing around to dry out your skin. Renewable Energy Northwest installs four different types of radiant heat and cool. On slab, under subfloor, on top of subfloor, and warm board applications. They can also heat your pool in the summer with the same system. Please call for a free site assessment, 208-577-6537, or visit Renewable Energy N. WLLC.com. There's a good reason the state of Idaho requires electricians to be licensed. Electrical work needs to be done right by trained and tested professionals every time. Your safety and mine are counting on it. So when you need electrical work done, insist on a licensed electrician like Dave at Consumer Electric and Cable. Dave can help you install outdoor lighting, attic ventilation, additional lighting in your kitchen, even ceiling fans in your bedrooms or on your back patio. With new TVs and home electronics, 
cable and power outlets need to be in the right place to look good. No one likes cords all over the floors and walls. Call Dave. If you're remodeling, think about where things will need to be when you're done. David Consumer Electric and Cable will get everything professionally wired and inspected. Call Dave at Consumer Electric and Cable for your electrical needs. 208-939-8333. That's 208-939-8333 for Consumer Electric and Cable. It's painting season, and if you need a little help getting the job done, call the Painting Pro. Brian and his team are ready to help you to the finest exterior paint job your house has ever had. All the prep work, all the detail, all the attention to clean up and the proper materials all come shining through in a fresh new coat of paint from the Painting Pro. Styles change, and perhaps your home is ready for some new colors. The Painting Pro will work with you to help you choose the best-looking combinations for your house and your personal style. It's amazing what new paint can do for a house as well as for you and how you feel about it. Look around. Styles and colors are changing, and if you're ready, so is the Painting Pro. Let's get this done. Call 208-378-4825 or visit PaintingPro.net to learn about the best paint job your home could hope to have. 208-378-4825. That's 208-378-4825 or PaintingPro.net. If you're in the construction business or a landscaper or perhaps a new homeowner that needs equipment to build or take care of your property, then you know that John Deere light construction equipment, their compact tractors and their mowers are a choice that you will be proud to own for a very long time. And at Campbell Tractor, they'd like to sit down with you and plan out your equipment needs for the rest of this year and into 2022. Campbell Tractor will take the time with you now to pick out which John Deere equipment is right for your needs, as well as all the accessories and the implements to get your jobs done. They'll provide you with a written quote or can get your new equipment on order right then and there to assure you the soonest delivery date possible. If you need something right away, Campbell Tractor has stores in Nampa, Homedale, Fruitland, Glens Ferry, Wendell, Ontario, and Burns. Let them check the available inventory and get you behind the controls of a new John Deere as soon as possible. Campbell Tractor, helping you prepare now and next year. This is Home Fix with Joe Prin. If you'd like to talk to Joe, call now, 336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. Now back to Home Fix on News Talk KBOI. Hey, welcome back to the Home Fix Show on this Saturday, September 11th. Thanks for being with us. Let's go to our phone lines and speak with Jackie in Boise. Good morning, Jackie. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Hi. Doing good, Jackie. (laughs) Okay, here's my thing. Um, Two years ago, I had an outdoor uh, spigot replaced. And it's one of those with the... um, anti-siphon valve thing on the top is that right okay yep yes okay i i didn't know my terminology okay so i went out uh friday and it was spraying water it had blown oh yeah well operator error i left the faucet on the night before you know i shut it off at the hose end but i didn't shut it off at the base but anyway gotcha um it blew took it apart and inside, uh, there's a little nylon, I don't know, a little nylon thingy-jingy with a, with a washer inside. That washer had turned sideways. Okay. 
and it kind of uh, deformed the washer just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, took it out, turned it around the other way to see if, and put it back in to see if maybe that would work. Reverse Good thinking. The, yeah. Yeah, no, so, that whole, anyway, whole process so it sounds well done so far. But I got a feeling there's so, more to this story. <laughs> well, no, no, I, I, it, it's okay. I oh, mean, it's working. Good. Okay, so it works. But this is my question: it, Was that just a quick fix, or do I need to go somewhere and find to replace that washer? No, that's a great fix. That's a very common thing that I would do too. Because sometimes the washer wears on one side, and you can flip it around because there's a little hole in the middle of the screw. You can put it right back in, and uh, okay. And work. No, I yeah, yeah. I, I think you know you you may have bought maybe an indefinite amount of life out of that, you know, well, it could go tomorrow too, but uh, I, I think you did things yeah. uh, very, very, very well done, very thrifty and, uh, yeah. and uh, creative. Uh, I mean, it just depends on how much there. value there is in going to the store. I mean, the parts, a couple cents, right? Exactly. 25 cents for the washer. Yeah. Well, but, I, yeah, that's what I'm asking. Well, what would I need to replace? Would I re- need to replace? Can I go find just that washer? Or do I, I, I mean, I'm assuming I don't have to replace the whole spigot. Right. Great, but great question. Look for that. Yeah. How much of it do I need to go shopping for if, right. that, if it happens again? So the way, what you know, those, the way those work and, and the basic concept with any faucet, right, whether it's a hose faucet or sometimes your faucet's in your house, is there's, think of it like a, a pipe with a little seat on top, right? We call it a little seat. The water comes through that. Right. And then as you turn your handle mm-hmm. left and right, it yeah. has a stem that opens and closes and that washer's on the end. And so when you have a faucet right. that leaks, it's either the washer, which is usually the replaceable part, because that's right. the most wearable that needs to be replaced. But sometimes mm-hmm. that seat, which is usually brass or some type of metal or maybe even Teflon, will get worn too. And if you by replacing the washer, if it still leaks, then you need to replace the seat if it's replaceable. Or if it's not, at that point, you need to get it. And hers with the anti-siphon, there's a, a device in there that moves around the thing she was talking about there, I think. Um, the only thing I could think is those are probably somewhat manufacturer-specific parts, so you'd oh, have you'd, okay. you'd probably need to get off of that cap that's on top of there, or maybe yep. the mounting trim plate where it screws to the house. Get a name or a model number or something right. off of that because mm-hmm, there is what what's yeah, the brand name? Okay. There's a what? There's I, like Woodford is a good one, right? That's the most popular <laughs> in the Valley. Lot. That's, that's Prior. Yep, Prior is also another one Prior? that's very popular. Yep, Prior. Mm-hmm. So that's probably yeah. not going to be a part that you're going to find at a no, Lowe's. Will you, you yeah, find that at, absolutely. at the home yeah, center? Yep. If you take that in there, if you, especially if you take the washer itself, Lowe's, Home Depot, Ace Hardware, most of those places will have those faucets, those little washers. So, Jackie, hopefully you remember what that looked okay. like so you don't have to go and take the actual part. You can. Yeah, uh, you, you probably will. They, yeah. they make prob- There's like probably 10 different sizes that yeah. they have on that thing, so you probably do need to take it apart and get in there. Or if it starts doing it again, you know it's not catastrophic and you you know what to do. If it was me, I would leave it until it leaked again and then go for phase two. I think I would be the exact same way. (laughs) Good. I just didn't want to have it go uh, blowing off on me again another time, especially when it's cold weather. I I think you're just fine. (laughs) Just make sure you turn the hose faucet off at the hose faucet, not the... uh, not the sprayer again. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, gentlemen, thank you for your time. I appreciate hey, it. Thank you, Jackie. Really, that just turning it off at the hose will will make that happen? I mean, because are they not supposed to be under pressure all the time? No, they're not. Nope. Yep, they're, they're designed for the flow to come one direction, not be on all the time. Okay, well, I got, I got disaster waiting to happen then at my house because I hooked into a hose bib, ran a little line out to a garden sink, and it's been on since the end of March. Yeah, if you leave it on... You know, 
it's not the end of the world, but it's not perfect. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, let's go to Boise on the phone lines again and talk to ML. Good morning. Well, good morning. I hope things are going well. And I do apologize right off if this question's already been answered. But I do got a question on this polybutylene uh, yeah. pipe uh, or, that's underneath my house. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Okay, uh, the house is a 1990, and uh, I keep on getting different feedback. Uh, one plumber told me that, hey, if you've had it this long, you haven't had any problems. <laughs> You're probably not likely to, uh, you know, have an issue. But then again, I hear something else. And uh... Oh, no, I think we just lost it. Oh, you're back. Okay, good. No, I, I I am glad that you called. We we did just talk about this right at the at at the top of the hour, right after the news at eight o'clock, and and we, and you just said exactly one of the things that I repeated back to Scott about this. Um, so let me uh, ask this question. Let's start with this question. Yeah, are you on city municipality water or are you on a well? I'm on. Oh, now we lost him again. I think he's on city water, I think is what he said, right? I, I thought I heard the start of the, the city there in the word, yeah. Oh, you're back. Okay, if if this happens again, we'll have to try for another connection. Are you on city or well? I'm on city. Okay, and what Scott was telling us earlier in the program, and I want to parrot this back to make sure I understand it, Scott. He said that part of the problem with that product was some of the chlorines and... Chloramines. Chloramines that are used in water treatment that the cities provide to us in their service, that's what was causing the acceleration and the degradation and failures of polybutylene systems more so than what was happening on wells. So there's a greater chance if you're on city water that you're waiting for a failure. Uh, Scott also, and I'm again paraphrasing Scott, so tell me, uh, was also telling us that it is probably just a matter of time. Just because you haven't doesn't mean it won't. Right. And the encouragement there is financially, budget-wise, and all that, if you have the opportunity, uh, yes, you should probably do that because there's been enough demonstrable failures over time, and it's not that they, they've just stopped happening. They continue to fail to this day. Uh, you are at more the end of polybutylene's installation life. So yours is only 30-some years old, where the people that have 45-year-old stuff, they've already passed through this. So that's probably telling you in the next 10 years or so, you you may experience a failure, which could lead to a lot of yep. damage to the home and all that. So because, because if you said your house was built in the 90s, that's kind of like the tail end right. of when it was installed. And, it, and it's not that they knew how to fix the problem by then, but that's when they started getting the lawsuits. And No, I think the lawsuits a, didn't happen until the 2000s. Oh, was it? Yeah, so I think that was when the installation practice kind of stopped. Like, ah. So. Yeah, so uh, I guess what, what we're saying is, you know, given the opportunity, if you're doing anything where you open up a wall section or you've got somebody under your house doing some plumbing work, yeah, we probably ought to get that switched out either partially or entirely yes if, if you can afford to do it you probably should do it what's it cost to repipe a whole three bedroom two bath single level house usually anywhere between like you know three to six thousand bucks depending on the accessibility and how big the home is and insurance companies don't cover that if there's not a problem 
And even if they did, they don't cover what caused the leak, just the damage from it. That's been my experience. So you're still going to pay for that pipe no matter matter what. And the class action suits are over, closed, done. Yep. No access to any of those anymore. Correct. All right. uh, We've got another caller on the line. We'll get to that when we come back after our bottom of the hour break. Scott, stay on the line with us about a mainline replacement. We'll be back with more of the Home Fix Show and our expert guest. It's Axa, Axa Plumber. Ask a plumber. Scott is here from Master Plumbing. We will continue after this. The Home Fix Show with Joe Prin will be right back on News Talk KBOI. Your home is your sanctuary. The one place you can always relax, decompress, and chill out. It's where everything should be perfect, including your air. Heating Equipment Company helps you achieve the perfect air you deserve with reliable, groundbreaking, award-winning Lennox products. Lennox Home Comfort Systems are built to last with the newest technology that keeps your air perfect and helps you feel more relaxed and energized. And Heating Equipment Company is offering up to $1,800 in rebates on a new Lennox system or make no payments for six months when you finance a new Lennox system for as little as $132 a month on systems quoted during the rebate program dates. That's right, we're making it easier than ever to achieve perfect air in your home. To learn more, call Heating Equipment Company at 208-459-2212 today or visit us online at heatingequipmentcompany.com. For great products, big savings, and perfect air, think Heating Equipment Company, your local Lennox dealer. Terms and conditions apply. See dealer for details. When summer heats up, your insulation goes to work to try to keep you cool. The amount and type of insulation will determine how successful this is. Can your home benefit from added or replaced insulation? Could your garage be more useful if it was insulated? Perhaps. Find out by making a call to Go Green Insulation at 208-912-0028. Go Green will look over your insulated spaces and determine what is needed and where. An accurate and complete quote will be prepared and presented for you to review. And then you can discuss with the insulation experts at Go Green just how this will make your home feel, as well as potential energy cost savings you may achieve. Go Green Insulation is fully up to speed with all the latest energy code requirements and suggestions, whether your home is 80 years old or just a decade or two. Before it gets too deep into the season, call Go Green Insulation at 208-912-0028 or visit GoGreenInsulation.com. Joe Prin here from the Home Fix Radio Show, and right now, many of you are probably thinking about a bathroom remodeling project. You've seen things on TV and in the magazines and on social media, but what really are the best products for you? Well, I would suggest you talk to the professionals at Custom Bath Solutions in Meridian to help guide you through this process. At Custom Bath Showroom in Meridian, you'll see locally manufactured Best Bath and Custom Marble shower products that eliminate the need to scrub grout, clean, and seal like your tile showers. They build showers specifically for you and can remodel your entire bathroom. Custom Bath Solutions offers products that are easy to access for safety and have custom options like a river rock floor and tile inlays in the walls. Visit Custom Bath at 480 East Franklin Road in Meridian or call them at 208-888-7561 to schedule a free in-home consultation. For bathroom remodeling, I recommend Custom Bath Solutions. If you hear anything you'd like to revisit, check out the Home Fix podcast on the 670KBOI app. First, download the 670KBOI app from the App Store for free. Then, click Podcasts. Then, click on the Home Fix Show. Now back to Joe Prin. This is the Home Fix Show on News Talk KBOI. 
And back to our phone lines. Let's talk with Scott in Boise. Scott, good morning. Good morning. This is the other great Scott that called in earlier. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I hope we answered your polybutylene questions there. Yeah, thanks for starting the conversation. We did. So what else is going on? Um, when I had a, the plumber out talking to me about the polybutylene, he also mentioned that the, the main line coming into my house, which is blue, um, for some reason he says that that material also has some, some type of defect through the manufacturer that needs to be replaced. Can you talk about that? And uh, I was also quoted, um, you know, fifteen to twenty thousand dollars to replace the polybutylene. Wow. Uh, do you have a unusually large or difficult, high degree of difficulty home? You think? No, I don't. I have um, three bedroom, two bath, crawl space. Uh, easy access to everything. I think you need a, another Second quote opinion. from Master Plumbing. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to give him a call or, and yeah. make it happen. Too. Yeah, yeah. So let's. Uh, what yeah. about the blue pipe, Scott? Right. So the blue pipe is typically a polyethylene, which is different from polybutylene. Different uh, kind of plastic. Different kind of plastic. Uh, I'm not familiar with any lawsuits or any defects in that pipe. That pipe's been around for a while, and that's still I'm not, standard practice today to yeah, use not, that material. I'm not aware of anything either. Yeah. So, um, fear mongering, maybe with that type of number. I don't know. Uh, yeah, make make uh, padding, not padding the bill, but maybe yeah. overdoing it a little bit. Yeah, and then, and then again, I'm not there. I mean, at Master Plumbing, what we like to do is we never like to give pricing over the phone just right. because there's so many variables and so many unknowns. Right. We like to look at the project first. And what some people think is perfectly normal may not be so. Right. Uh, but, yeah, that uh, the blue, blue polyethylene mm-hmm. main line, this is what runs from the connection at the city water supply all the way to the house, then there's usually some sort of a shutoff there. Yep. And then it transitions transitions to to whatever supplying the house. or copper or whatever. Or in Scott's case, the polybutylene. Yes. Right. Right. So you would probably, if if the polyethylene is there, you would probably leave that alone and just continue from that point on. Yep. That's what we usually do. We tie onto the the polyethylene and start from there and put a new valve in. Because we're allowed one. I'll be giving you a call. Yeah, right. that would be great. It's uh, 208-888-9191. And Scott, I'd love to meet you. So when you call in, say, hey, we spoke, tell my office, we spoke on the radio, and they'll set it up for me. And I'll come out to your house personally, and we'll take a look at it. Look forward to it. All right. Scott, meet Scott. Thank you. Thanks for that. Let's go to Meridian and talk to Connie. Good morning, Connie. Good morning. Hi. Good to hear from you. Uh, Hi, Connie. Well, things, things have been going Great. <laughs> well, good. Yeah, it's a good sign. I figured and, um, I figured you were doing something like um, rotating your house on the foundation like 90 degrees cause, just because you would <laughs> be a person that would do something like that. <laughs> oh, let's hope I've got better sense than that. I don't know. <laughs> Say, on the polybutylene piping, yes. is it possible that they uh, – instead of going up into the walls with it, that they actually went ahead and put piping, copper piping in the walls and just the butylene under the house. 
I've and, seen some of that. Yep, anything's possible. It depends on the builder and what they how they wanted to do that. I've I've heard of that when uh, when I built. Boy, and I'm trying to remember what year it was. I built a home, and I actually had Goff Plumbing out of Emmett was the plumber, and he told me he says I don't trust that polybutylene pipe that's out there. <laughs> so he didn't put it in the walls. So he said, I am putting copper pipe, and he told me what kind of copper pipe it was. He said, you will never have a problem with this. Probably type L. Could be. He said, I'm going to do that in all the walls, and I'll pop it down under the crawl space. And he said, if at some point in time you want to do that, but he says, I'm not touching it. Yeah. But uh, he said, even on the homes that insist on the polybutylene, um, he said, I will adapt it over by... Uh, not having that in the walls. Because he said, I just don't trust it. And I, sure. I'm kind of looking back on that, that there was a little wisdom in there, prophetic you know, sure. thought in that. But we've seen that in the construction industry. Every time there's an innovation in product, I am not using those plywood eye joists. I'm sticking with two by 12s. Or I'm not using right. OSB. I'm going to stick with half inch plywood. Mm-hmm. I'm not using synthetic underlayment. I'm going to use tar paper. You know all kinds of them. I'm not going to use staples. I only use nails. Uh, there, there always is some of that that goes on every time an evolution takes place. Sure. Connie, what do you have in your house? Well, I do have what I can see is the gray piping under the house. Yeah. But I don't have any idea if it continues up into the walls. I need to somebody to come out and take a look-see for me. The only place that you might be able to find some evidence of how far it goes is perhaps under a sink. If you see polybutylene coming up under the sink and then adapting over to your shutoff valves, that probably tells you that they went continuous with it. Or but, the toilet is usually good. The angle stuff for the toilet right, is another good if one. If you see some of that gray pipe there. Uh, you're right, though. It wouldn't take somebody like Scott very long to go under the crawl space and, and take a look and see exactly what the full system is constructed out of. Yeah, under my kitchen sink, I have a copper pipe coming up through the... Oh, okay. Is it coming up through the floor or coming out of the wall? It's coming up through the floor. Okay. If that's the first story, then that's probably going to go down to the crawl space. Because you do have those. Uh, it's it's often common where, where it's mounted out of the wall. You've got a copper strap that connects mm-hmm. two studs. This copper nipple sticks out of the wall there and bends and then has a fitting on it that the plastic attaches to. Correct. We still yep. do that today. Yep, with the pecs. Yep. Right. So probably the only true way to tell is to get under the house. Right. Okay. Yeah, have him come yeah. over, Connie, and take a look. And if uh, if there is a lot of gray pipe under there, he can quote you a price on converting that over. Absolutely. Great. That that's that's my neighbor across the street from me did his whole we did his whole house because mm-hmm. apparently he he had it up in his wall. It took like three days. Yeah, yeah, and typically we find it in neighborhoods, right? Yeah. You have like sometimes yeah. in the. Same builder gets a neighborhood and has same building practices throughout the neighborhood. It is a little invasive, and they have to get a little creative here and there. Like, how do you, you know, run new pipe all the way up to your shower valve, and you got tile on one side or something, and the wall you don't want to cut holes in there. But uh, these guys are pretty good at uh, at solving those things. They've learned a few things over the years. Yeah. Well, luckily, my house was built by Brighton, and mm-hmm. everybody else's house was built by Corey Barton. Ah. Well, and, and you know, certain builders have certain requirements of their subcontractors, too. So, right. Yeah. yeah. And 
and time too. I mean, things change. You know, the plumber that they had when they built your house is, you know, who knows if they're even still around. You know, you never know. So, all right, Connie, okay, thank well, you. We Thanks need for the to call. Find out. Yep. Thank you. Thanks Bye. for the call. Yeah, give uh, give Scott a call at Master Plumbing two zero eight 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 nine one nine one. When we come back, Scott, I have a confession to make. You know that personally, I hate to do plumbing. Right. And I also learned something very valuable about plumbing that I can I can absolute with 100% certainty say I didn't know about this until last week. Well, let's talk about it. This was a new one for me, and it may save somebody a little bit of heartache when we come back with more of The Home Fix Show. The Home Fix Show with Joe Prin will be right back. On News Talk KBOI. Perhaps now more than ever, if you're looking to buy your next home, a visit with Terry Hefner and his team of mortgage professionals is critical. Market forces that used to change week to week are now changing hourly. You need information quick and it needs to be accurate. The Hefner Group at Guild Mortgage will work hard for you. Their goal is to create a positive loan experience and help you make the most informed decisions you can. Terry is a native Idahoan and has been assisting clients for over 30 years. The Hefner Group also helps first-time homebuyers achieve their dreams of home ownership. There's a lot of confusing information out there, so let Terry Hefner and his team of professionals help you with your mortgage. Call 208-599-8500 or visit terryhefner.com. 208-599-8500. Terry Hefner, NMLS 95796. Company, NMLS 3274. Guild Mortgage is an equal housing lender. We like the look and feel of our new granite and solid surface countertops, but not many of us know the proper way to take care of them. Sometimes this can result in the need for a repair. When that happens, call the Stone Medics at Cutting Edge Kitchens. The Stone Medics can fix granite and solid surface countertops no matter when they were built or who installed them. The very talented craftspeople at the Stone Medics can fix cracks, chips, stains, and scuffs. They can reattach sinks and drill additional holes for your new faucet or accessory. If you're ready for new countertops and want to learn more about granite, large format tile, or other solid surface materials, Cutting Edge Kitchens is here to help. Cutting Edge Kitchens has led with innovation, artistry, and techniques in Idaho for many years. Is your kitchen next? Call Cutting Edge Kitchens and schedule an appointment. Or for repairs, ask for the Stone Medics. Same phone number, 208-344-3404. That's 208-344-3404. I have always appreciated the proper insurance coverage when I needed it. And I'm sure you have too, but now I think many of us have lost touch with our insurance and view it more as a formality. Brett Murphy with Boise River Insurance is local and independent, so he can work hard to find you what fits your needs the best. Homes have gone up significantly in value, and for some, at a rate that may have exceeded their coverage. Do you know for sure if you are covered? Do you even know who your agent is? If it's time for a face-to-face sit-down review, Brett Murphy is that kind of an agent. He will meet with you and answer all your questions. If you are new to this area and need to select your homeowner's coverage, talk to Brett and have him find you the best possible coverage and cost. Brett is available to talk to you regardless of who you get your insurance from. 208-949-2222 or email to brett at boiseriverinsurance.com. You don't need camo or a tent, but the season has started. 
It's woodworking season, that time of year where people head to the shop to get those winter projects started and finish the summer ones. And what would the start of woodworking season be without a high desert hardwood? You get to pick your project, why not pick every board you bring home? High Desert Hardwood lets you select through the offerings of a huge list of quality hardwoods that will have your project looking good and lasting a very, very long time. Cutting boards and cabinets, furniture and shelving, toys and carvings, turnings and burnings, all with top quality wood from High Desert Hardwood. Take a look at HighDesertHardwood.com to review the current stock list. Open Monday through Saturday at 1758 East State Street on the east end of Eagle or call 208-939-9366. That's 208-939-9366 for High Desert Hardwood. This is Home Fix with Joe Prin. If you'd like to talk to Joe, call now, 336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. Now back to Home Fix on News Talk KBOI. If you'd like to join us on the program with your questions, you are invited. It is our Ask a Plumber show this morning. Scott is here. We can talk about plumbing. We can talk about some other things, too, but uh, we want to capture... I prefer plumbing. Yeah, we want to <laughs> capture Scott for his valuable advice and time while we have him. So if you do have plumbing questions for your home or one that you're going to be building or working on, or, hey, what do you know about this brand or that brand, and uh, 208 Three three six three seven zero zero is the number to the studio here. Two zero eight three three six three seven zero zero. So I have a somewhat of a confession, but it's it's it was a learning experience for me. So I gotta I gotta set this up a little bit with you. But okay. about I, I a few years back, um, my son in law and my daughter uh, purchased their very first home, and we wanted to do some. Modifi- they wanted to do some modifications, and I was itching for a project too. So that's the fun part with a new home, right? It was. All the project. It was, and getting to uh, you know share that experience with the kids and that. So one of them was in this small little like walk-in mudroom area off of a kitchen. Um, we knew that we were going to be replacing the floors in both of these with a tile floor. So we kind of did the worst first. Took out the washer and dryer out there, and I unhooked the water heater and stuff that was there from its fittings, everything was in good shape, moved it out of the way, tiled the floor, put it all back, hooked everything up. And then it was later that uh, we were working in the kitchen, new countertops, and yeah. uh, they went to Costco and purchased a combo pack like Costco does. Yep. They got a kitchen sink. They got a faucet with it. I think there was one basket strainer, uh, strainer that yep. was in there. I think they got Two jars of mustard and a twelve pack of socks came with it. I don't right. know. You know, it's the way Costco does stuff. You know, it was and it they was have a, great products. I yeah, love Costco. It, it was a package deal, and I was comfortable with the brand name and stuff. At first, I was kind of going, you know, did Kohler maybe dumb this product down a little bit for mm-hmm. that to get that good price point? But you know, looking at it, it was a good product. Sure. So okay, so we put in the sink. You know, put in a new disposal, do all the plumbing, putting the faucet on, mount it to the the sink and everything, supply lines and. And it was a pull-out spout faucet, right? One of the nice ones. I'm sorry, correct. A single handle, a little stick shift on the side of it for on-off, you know, forward-back, hot-cold, you know, four-speed transmission, the whole bit. (laughs) And and the pull-out sprayer head came out of it with this black kind of nylon braided hose that goes in there. Yeah, those are nice. Yeah, so I'm looking at it. It's pretty good. But it had a couple of new things that I hadn't experienced before. And one of them was 
It came with its own supply lines, the stainless steel braided supply lines, marked hot and cold, which was nice. But also they had these click together fittings, sort of, that once you screwed on the supply line to the angle stop valves under the sink, it was just a matter of click and you could put the hot and cold together. Yep, usually they have like two O-rings on the end, right? And they yeah. clip into place and lock in place. Right, and and they're kind of loose, and you think, well, this isn't going to work. Right, because they spin around. It worked fine. Yeah. worked fine. Um, in fact, enjoyed that process because it was a lot easier to do. Uh, although you taught me, and so did has every plumber I've ever worked with, hook all that stuff up on the sink before you drop it in there. Makes Don't, it easier. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and so there it become, became kind of irrelevant, but... Anyway, so the the final connection on this thing, because it won't all fit through the hole in the sink all at the same time, is the sprayer hose. And the sprayer hose goes through the faucet neck, goes down through the hole in the sink, and it's underneath the sink there. And here's this white plastic kind of adapter fitting that you screw the sprayer hose into. And then it also, on the end of it, it has a rectangular-shaped fitting on it and click. It clicks onto the bottom of the faucet, done. Turn on the water, everything's fine. Sprayer works, good, out of there, done. Put the little weight on the hose, you know, and everything. Yep, and for the listeners, that's how you tell the difference between the supply and the faucet spout. It's the one that has the weight is the faucet spout. Right. So everything was fine, and then it wasn't. Over the next several months and continuing up until last week when it finally got to be where it was unbearable, there was no water coming out of that faucet anymore. So time frame from new installation to last week. That was a couple of years. Okay. And, uh, but it had been bad for a long time. So we Slowly knew, getting worse. We knew that we did something. We upset the piping of the house when we moved the water heater. Because when we went to the bathtub to flush it out, which was right on the other side of the wall, all this dirt and stuff came out of the line because I'm sure we'd upset, you know, eight inches of crud on the bottom of that water heater. Right. What type of piping in the house? Uh, it's all steel pipe. It's all galvanized, galvanized steel everywhere. Yep. Yeah. It's good old 1951. <laughs> it's going to be there for another hundred years. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> but um, so uh, we're not getting any water out of this thing. So I think, okay, number one, I hate plumbing. Number two, I hate plumbing. Number three, see rule one and two. Right. <laughs> so I put this off as long as I could until finally, you know, the family is saying, you are going over there and you're either hiring a plumber or you're going to fix this thing. I said, well, let me take a run at it. So I go over there and I'm thinking, okay, let's, let's do some logic here. So I unhook the supply lines from the angle stops. Yeah. I hook some extra ones that I have that are nice long three footers to those angle stops and then put it in a bucket and turn it on and... <laughs> Fire hose water. I had all kinds of water. So I know it's not the pipes. Right. That's good. We don't have to replumb this house. The pipes are just fine. So are the angle stops, which I thought, okay, now I'm going to go out to the street and have to switch those out. No, they were fine too because I'm getting plenty of water. Good. So then I think, okay, it must be in the faucet. Well, I can't get underneath there and like blow on these things because it's underneath this deep bowl. Okay. So let's take the faucet off. So I take the faucet off and I got it sitting there in front of me on the countertop. And I blow in through the supply line, you know, and then I move the handle. See if it works. Not a whole lot coming out of there. And I think, well, maybe the sprayer line's plugged. So I unhook it from this adapter fitting, blow through that. (laughs) Plenty of, oh, 
oh, this problem is in this little adapter fitting where it goes, right. this white plastic fitting. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that thing's a filter. It's some kind of a filter. So I told you this story earlier, and you said, no, it's not. Yep. And you told me what it was. So continue this story, because I did not know this. I was convinced up until uh, 8.05 this morning that I found a filter Right. under there that was plugged with debris. And you said, no, that is not a filter. All right, so let's back up a little bit. So plumbing, the reason why plumbers are an important part of society is because they protect the health of the nation by making sure that the potable water that's drinking for uh, for the community is protected and not contaminated, right? That so is, nobody gets sick. That is why you are licensed. Exactly. You actually go to school. You go to continuing <laughs> education. You had to serve as an apprentice. You had to prove you know what you're doing before they turned you loose on the public. Right. So that's what we do. So that device in that is to help protect us. It's a check valve because when you have any type of faucet that has a pull-out spout, technically you could pull that spout out and stick it in your kitchen sink when it's full of dish soap. Dirty dish Dirty dishwasher and stuff like that. Or plant fertilizer. Yep, cleaning out your... Or anything. the aquarium dumpings. Yes, exactly. And? And so let's say, worst case scenario, there's a fire in the neighborhood. The fire right. truck comes on, hooks up to the fire hydrant in the corner, and starts putting out the fire. Or a break in your neighbor's main line. Right. Something that causes a suction. So now you don't have enough water to your home. Instead, it pulls the water backwards, and it can suck the water out of that contaminated kitchen sink, back into the potable water system contaminate the entire neighborhood, and people start getting sick. Yes, that, and, you've, and you've, you've ruined millions of gallons of water mm-hmm. and affected hundreds of people's lives because systems have to be flushed out and cleaned. So in order for faucets to meet the plumbing code to be installed and to be sold in stores, yes. the manufacturers need to install these type of things when backflow and, and cross-connections are possible. And so that is your check valve that, that, that allows that so it doesn't occur. And they've put fittings on there that are not normal-sized things so that people don't just go down and get some standard adapter-type fitting and bypass this. There's virtually no way to go from that sprayer hose to that faucet except to use this fitting because I thought of that. And I thought, okay, I'm just (laughs) going to do that. So. My son-in-law said, uh, oh, and that was the other thing. When I went to take this thing apart to try to isolate this to find if it was, right. it's got some little plastic tabs, and I broke them. So I thought, okay, I'm going to have to get this part anyway. Because I, it wasn't too, like you said, use the word intuitive. It wasn't too intuitive how to get this apart. It sure went together easy, but it didn't come apart real easy. Yep. Anyway, so he goes online. He finds them for $8.57 delivered or a two-pack yeah. for 15 bucks or whatever. They were there the next day. Screws it on there, click, turn on the water, yep. beautiful water flow. Yep. And those check valves have small waterways, and that's why yep. they get clogged. It's just the rust and debris, especially from the galvanized pipes that they have in their home. Right. They're always going to constantly flake off. They get stuck in the small waterways so and plug it up. That must be why they sell them in two packs, because this is probably going to happen again. <laughs> Keep them in but the top drum drawer. now we know. Now yep. we know. So if you have one of those, you might want to... Check it if out. If you're wondering why you're not getting any water pressure, you may have just figured it out, just like I did, kind of the hard way. We'll be back with more from Scott after the news. I'm Joe Prin. This is Home Fix. This is a podcast of the Home Fix Show with Joe Prin. Well, it was about 20, well, it was 20 years ago at about this time on this day that you were probably watching television. Where were you? 
What were you doing on September 11th, 2001? Who was with you as our world was torn apart? And yet we all came together 20 years ago on this day. Well, good morning and welcome to the Home Fix Show. Very special program this morning for you. It's our Ask a Plumber show. Scott is here from Master Plumbing. Scott, welcome back. Good morning. Great to be here. It's good to have you. We're about halfway through our program this morning, the start of your second hour. We invite our listeners this morning, if you have questions about your plumbing systems, anything having to do with plumbing, uh, Scott is here as our expert from Master Plumbing, and he can help you out. If you need to reach him or ask for him, when you call Master Plumbing, the number at the office is 208-888-9191. And just ask for Scott, the radio star, <laughs> and you'll take care of him. And we were just talking about something. You said you specialize in antique plumbing? Yeah. When I was an apprentice, I learned and um, was trained at a very young age to work on 1920s plumbing and earlier, like with lead joints um, oak, lead and oakum drains, lead drains, you know, galvanized steel water piping, all that kind of stuff. I learned the tricks and tips on how to the, the, repair and replace and modernize. The cast irons yep. and all of that. and Before the no-hubs were created, yep. Rebuilding all those faucets and valves that uh, look so cool today. Clawfoot and, tubs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I learned when I was an apprentice. So if, uh, if somebody says, yeah, I've got a house that was built in 1925, they say, let me get Scott here for you because yep. <laughs> that's, that's your deal. <laughs> that's my deal, yep. Well, I'm going to change that up on you a little bit. I want to take us into a, a discussion that I, I don't really enjoy that much because I don't understand it at all, water softeners. Yes. Uh, water softeners are one of those topics here on the show that we, we get a few phone calls on it but I get a disproportionately large amount of emails regarding this. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's, it, it, the, the email usually goes something like, hey, we had somebody out here at the house and they said we need a water softener. Or we've just moved into this house and there's a water softener here, but I don't think it's working. Right. Or I've got a water softener and I don't want a water softener. Or I've got a water softener and I don't know, uh, I don't know how to use it. Right. What do you know about water softeners? What's your opinions? Sure. And then I'm going to get specific with you about some of those uh, those four situations that we just talked about. Yeah, great. So I'm no water softener expert. So let's just get that right out there up front. Um, you know, most plumbing companies. Is that Lyman or one of the other gyms that's out there or something? <laughs> yeah, a lot of my guys know some about it, but a lot of plumbing companies aren't water softener experts, actually. We just install them. Uh-huh. Um, there's like water treatment companies that do like the water testing and all that kind of stuff. And some plumbing companies have divisions that do that type of thing. Well, and, and I've always thought that it would be good to have the plumber test your water because of the unbiased... Uh, result or the reading or the analysis of it, because it's like, surely if this water softener company comes out, you know, you're going to have the kind of water that their system is just perfect for. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's true. You want to get the salesmanship out of it, right? Kind of just get the facts. Right. And and people can test for that. Right. Um, but water softeners, I find, at least in my opinion, is, is more of a personal preference, right? Um, some people don't like the, the soft water where you can't get the shampoo out of your hair. It feels all slimy, Right. Um, but it does have an effect on some of your appliances, right? I mean, you see it, you see the shower stains, you know, the, the, the buildup in the shower stall or on your, um, 
countertop with the right. with the water when it evaporates, get the hard water stains. That that is a real fact, and that happens. And water softeners can uh, eliminate and prevent some of that. And and some places in our towns, some places in our county, our state, mm-hmm. other states across the country, people have felt that water softeners are almost indispensable right to their lifestyle because the need was so great. Right, and but, the water quality is so uh, it varies so much throughout the whole country. But then yet I know other people, myself included, that have never had a water softener in any of their homes. Right. And we seem to get by just fine. And we've been on city water. We've been on well water systems. Yep. What do water softeners do? So my understanding with what the water softeners do is they decrease the hardness of the water, which is the minerals that are in the water and cause those hard water stains, right? They use salt that goes through, kind of breaks that down. I don't know the chemistry behind it or how it works, right. but uh, it makes it so it's easier to uh, get those minerals out. And we might say there, this is not a water filter. A water softener is a different thing. Right. You can have a water filter and a water softener. Right, a water on, filter pulls out debris that's actually floating in the water yes. and pulls it out, and a softener actually changes the molecular structure. of. And it. there is a lot of chemistry, yeah. a lot yeah. of physics that are involved in some of this stuff that we don't necessarily need to get into here because I don't know anything about it. And neither do I. Yeah, <laughs> but what we do know is there are people that move into a home that have in this closet, down in this laundry room, out in this garage, Here's this old yellowed plastic tank with this mm-hmm. brown thing on top of it where pipes go into it and there's like some little digital readout and it's not plugged into the wall and the valves to it are shut off and they say, hey, does this thing work? How do I know? You'll have to do some water testing, right, to see what the hardness is and you can measure the, the hardness of the water to, to see if it's above or beyond what you want to have in the house and if you turn on the softener, if it changes that. That's how you can... You have to do some water testing. And I almost think that if a water softener is sitting there in a home and it's non-operational. Typically, there's probably a problem. Right. It's been bypassed. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, we'll just turn this off for a while and see. And then they go, well, this isn't so bad. Yeah. So at Master Plumbing, we install a generic um, water softener, just kind of an all-around water softener by, by the Clack is the name of the company, Clack. That does that? Clack? Yeah, Clack. Okay. C-L-A-C-K, Clack. All right. Uh, You're right. A brand that none of us have probably ever heard of. Right. And it's not nothing fancy or whatever, Um, but they, what they tell me is that their their product has a lifespan of about 10 years, 10 to 15 years tops, right? So that's a good indicator already. If you move into a place and say, oh yeah, I've had this water softener for 20 years in here and we don't even know if it works. Well, if you're 20 years, it probably doesn't, right? Right. Or somebody has uh, looked at it and said, oh, it needs a new control board or it needs this new valve and they quit making those. Or if they do make it, you might as well just buy a whole new one because it's Mm going to cost you about the same. And um, it's an odd situation because uh, most of those softeners, when they're put in, is now is this a plumbing code thing? They have to be able to be bypassed? Uh. No, I don't think so. I don't think that's a plumbing code thing, but it's very convenient to do when it doesn't work. Right. Because you can you can either turn something off on the softener itself yeah. or there's been an isolation loop that has been plumbed in that you can just yeah. send the water through that loop without it even coming to the softener. It's good plumbing practice to provide one of those, but um, I can't think, in, and I could be wrong, but I can't think if it were in the code book it would require you to do that. 
The other thing about that is, isn't it true that things like your outdoor faucets and the kitchen faucet in particular Mm -hmm. are traditionally not hooked up to the softened water system? Correct. Yeah, they call that the softener loop. Yes. It's avoided there because you don't need to really treat that water because it's not water you're going to be drinking or going onto the person. Right. And I was told, you know, it, uh, I, I believed at one time that while it affects the way you, you, you cook, it affects the, the plants that you're watering outside or, you know, stuff. And other people say, no, I'd rather wash my car with softened water or something. Yeah. And uh, I, I think I've heard it said, you know, there's no more salt in a water softener at any one time than there is in a piece of, you know, Wonder Bread or something. Right. Um, but I've always wondered if, if that had any merit there, that that faucet and the outdoor faucet shouldn't be on there. But I think it's more just you don't want to consume that gallonage through the softener. Right. Yeah. It's it's also personal preference again, a lot of that, you know. People say, oh, well, you're going to go ahead and you're going to put the, the, the salt water from the softener on your plants and kill your plants. I, I think that's a myth, um, personally. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you're not going to drink that, too. It doesn't taste... And I'm almost thinking that, you know, if you had the choice between putting in a whole house filter or a water softener, I'd probably go the filter route. I would too. And and if you're taking out a water softener, you've got all the plumbing right there. You can just pop a little filter right in there and Mm -hmm. you've you've already, you got 90% of it taken care of right there. Yeah. And there's all kinds of treatment systems too, right? You don't have to have a water softener. They make all kinds of, of saltless water treatment softeners too. That's true. And we can talk about that if you would like. This is the Home Fix Show. You can join us at 208-336-3700. Jeff in Nampa, you will be up next right after these messages. The Home Fix Show with Joe Prin will be right back on News Talk KBOI. Beautiful tile and stone services need to be maintained, and Permatreat is here to make this easier. It's time to discover what select home builders and informed consumers now know. That Permatreat means seal it now and seal it forever. There is a way to avoid all that scrubbing, scraping, and nasty chemicals of trying to keep your grout lines clean, and Permatreat will introduce you to it. 208-895-0000. How's that for a cool phone number? 208 208- 895-0000. Imagine how good your shower could look again, or those kitchen counters. Permatreat starts with a thorough deep cleaning. They can also repair any chipped or missing grout. Then comes the Permatreat sealant, the last sealant you will ever need. Permatreat also seals masonry and stone surfaces, backsplashes, patios, driveways, and sidewalks in tinted or stained concrete. If you want to seal it and keep it stain free and looking good, call Permatreat now to set up your free quote. Do you remember the number? 208 895 Zero 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 for Permatreat. Two zero eight eight nine five zero 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 zero. Perhaps now more than ever, if you're looking to buy your next home, a visit with Terry Hefner and his team of mortgage professionals is critical. Market forces that used to change week to week are now changing hourly. You need information quick and it needs to be accurate. The Hefner Group at Guild Mortgage will work hard for you. Their goal is to create a positive loan experience and help you make the most informed decisions you can. Terry is a native Idahoan and has been assisting clients for over 30 years. The Hefner Group also helps first-time homebuyers achieve their dreams of home ownership. There's a lot of confusing information out there, so let Terry Hefner and his team of professionals help you with your mortgage. Call 208-599-8500 or visit terryhefner.com. 208-599-8500. 
Terry Hefner, NMLS 95796. Company, NMLS 3274. Guild Mortgage is an equal housing lender. Have you heard of a pre-inspection? This is where your home inspector comes in and goes over everything in your home before you get ready to sell it. This way you can address items that you feel are important on your schedule before they're discovered by someone else. Randy Funk Home Inspections can perform this honest, comprehensive, and professional inspection for you. Randy's years of experience are trusted by Idaho's top real estate agents, and you should trust Randy too. The report you'll get will then be presented to buyers to help speed up the transaction and to eliminate questions. If you're purchasing a home and would like to have it inspected, Randy can respond quickly and accurately with a menu of inspection options to get you the information you need. Visit HomeInspectorBoise.com or call 208-914-5793 for Randy Funk Home Inspections. That's HomeInspectorBoise.com or 208-914-5793. What do you think is harder on your windows, the heat of summer or the cold of winter? Well, the answer is winter. Cold temperatures put windows to the test. And if you could use a better grade, Milgard windows from Viewpoint Windows and Doors are a great choice for your home. Milgard windows have one of the finest and fairest warranties in the window business. They even cover accidental glass breakage. They're a leader in innovation and continually are top rated for quality and value. Viewpoint Windows and Doors will not only install your new Milgard windows, but they can also provide any service you might need in the future. There's never a bad time of year to get your new windows because they work hard year-round. Okay, a little harder in the winter. Call 208-854-1877 or visit viewpointwindows.com. 208-854-1877 or viewpointwindows.com. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Joe Prin. This is the Home Fix Show on News Talk KBOI. Jeff in Nampa is waiting on the line for us. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Joe, um, and your guest. Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for um, being there. Off, I, I got to tell you, I'm a, I'm a repeat offender with you. I've used your Terry Hefner. I've used Cutting Edge Kitchen and Solar Concepts, and I'm so happy you guys are here. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> hearing that. That's uh, that's why we try to bring you good people on the show. Thank you. Exactly. And now today is perfect because I have a hose bib outside. It's one of the ones with the anti-siphon valve, and I'm new in this area. I've never had one of these before. Um, it doesn't leak when it's off, it leaks when it's on, and it leaks out of the hole that's drilled through the shaft that holds the um, the handle. When you unscrew it all the way to turn it on, there's a hole in the shaft that just barely peeks its head out, and water comes out of that. Sometimes it kind of sprays out, and sometimes it just dribbles out. Is that something I can just replace by taking it out and replacing the cartridge? Is that going to fix that, you think? So I'm not understanding exactly where it's dripping out from. So try that. Okay, when, when you When you turn the water on, there's yes. a, a brass shaft that comes off the handle. It goes through the body of the valve. Yes. Okay. And there's a, there's a, there's a hole drilled through that. It looks like like a weep hole or something. In and the that's shaft. Where the water comes out. Yeah, out of the shaft. Yes. Okay, so we're, that's telling water us actually, that that shaft is hollow. Right. Which is not right. uncommon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. That to me, you tell me, Scott here. Okay. At the end of that shaft, it's usually threaded. Right. And there's a small screw that's holding a washer 
onto a little stem. Plat- a stem mm-hmm. platform there that makes the seal. If that screw might be a little loose or that washer, we could be getting some leakage coming through that stem that's not present when it's shut off and there's pressure against the washer itself. Could right. that be? Okay. Maybe, because um, if it's a f- what I call a frost-free hose bib, which is you know a longer hose bib to prevent you know freezing. Yes, it's designed to drain uh-huh. from there um, when you turn the water off, so that the water that's inside the wall will then drain out, so there's no water in there to right. freeze. Right, that's how it's designed to use when you turn it off. And I'm also wondering, okay. Jeff, are you opening this all the way? Yes. Okay, because uh, and that's when I see it when it's all the way open. It it um like sometimes it comes out pretty fast, and other times it just barely comes out. Yeah, I got a feeling something's going on down on the other end of that thing. So uh, tell, yes. tell them how to get that out of there, Scott. So it's simple. You can either um, unscrew the whole stem and pull it out and look at it and see what you have going on there. Uh, don't you have to shut the water mm-hmm. off or, first? Unless you want to take <laughs> right. a shower. Yes, you want to turn the water off first, I, of I course. Yeah. yeah, turn right? the water off to that. Sorry, house. just in- intuitive to me. Of course, you turn the water off, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, or it depends on if you're a newer home. A lot of times the builders and the way new practices are to install those are really easy. You can just unscrew the two screws that mount that to the outside of your house and pull on the faucet. Right. And usually there's a what we call a PEX loop where there's like a little loop underneath the house. And so you can pull that thing all the way out, like a foot or two. Oh. And then you can just uh-huh. cut it, put a new one on, and slide it right back in and bolt it and, and screw it right back to the house. Ah. But they, in okay. most cases, they are rebuildable if need be, correct? Yep. If, if, re, if you like them. Sometimes people don't like them. They, they get deteriorated oftentimes. The handles from in the sun... You know, the oh, UV light hurts it, and so you're like, if you're going to take it out, maybe just put a new one in, too. It just depends on how you like to look at it. Yeah, but the way the way yeah. that's described, it's almost like the the weep hole that's on a water pump on the front of a car. There, There's a spot right. where if the bearing starts leaking there, it, it's giving you a little notice. Hey, I'm, I'm starting to fail here. You're going to want to replace me. Yep. Um, I wonder if that's yeah. something like that is going on here. Could be. Yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of what I figured. Um, and it does have, I, I think it must have one of those loops like you're talking about, because there's around this hose bib, there's like this um, a square piece. Two, it's actually two pieces that are bolted or screwed or nailed to the house that this thing screws into. It looks like if I take them off, there's going to be a hole going under the house. And I'm probably, that's what you're talking about. I can pull that out, replace the whole thing if I need to. Right. And how, again, how old is your home? When was it built? It's um, about, it was built in. 2012, I believe. Oh, yeah. Now, you don't have vinyl siding on there, do you? No. Okay, because uh, a lot of times with vinyl siding, there's a, a block area that's put behind where those hose bibs go, and then they bring all the siding up to it just so you've got a flat mount so you don't crush the vinyl siding. I thought you might have been describing that when you talked about that that block. No, this there. just goes this goes over the siding. And it looks like it's, um, and you, then the, the two little screws hold the oh, well, here's, faucet, actually. Okay, here's the other thing, then. Do you have James Hardy fiber cement siding? No, I believe it's some kind of a wood product. Is it, is, is it what do they call that, Wayne's Coat or something? I'm uh, not sure. Uh, well, there's a brand name that often gets used. It's Masonite. Masonite is yeah. a manufacturer of a okay. fibered wood siding product, and there's a lot of other ones, too. Okay, because some of the... Some of the site, and I think that's what that is. Some of the siding guys, they'll put this block in there and then bring all the siding up to it. <coughs> Excuse me. So that when the plumber does come by and they have to drill the hole for that, that hose bib, it's not on one of the angled pieces of siding. It gives them a good flat 
solid mounting point because we've learned over the years not to try to pin down that siding by uh, anchoring stuff to it. And uh, okay. no, it sounds like it, you you had a very good trim carpenter or siding installer that did that the right way. So yeah, you, that block may not come off of there. It may be attached a little better than you think. But yeah, there's a hole in there. It's yeah. about the size of a quarter, big enough for the pipe to pull out. Okay, so so the easiest thing would be just to replace the guts of that thing, right? Just to, if I just, I mean, it, it looks I like would, I'd, I'd see what's going it. on. Yeah. I'd shut off the water to the yeah. house somehow and take and remove that stem out a little bit, take the packing nut off of it yeah, and we, just pull the whole guts out. And we had a previous caller. I don't know if you listened earlier who she did that, took it apart, found the washer was kind of funny, flipped it around, put it back together and it worked and everything's fine. Right. Yeah. I heard that. Yeah, I did. I heard that. In fact, I didn't even know what this thing was until it, you know, she's talked about this anti-siphon valve, and I'd looked it up on yep. YouTube, and they said, oh, that's what I have. I didn't even know what it was. But, yes, and that's, um, a, that's a very okay. good point. So for a lot of people moving here from places that have not experienced freezing winters, uh, our outside hydrants like that that are on the house are what we call a hose bib. Um, those are installed mm-hmm. at a downward angle anyway inside the house so that when you do shut them off, the water that's trapped in that stem drains out the end of it and where we run into problems here is people will leave their hoses yeah that's the number one yes screwed onto those things going into winter they don't drain and they don't drain the water stays in the hose it freezes at night and then it breaks the inside of that valve inside your house now it doesn't start leaking until until the spring (laughs) until the spring when you open that up and you say there's no water coming out of the hose but i hear water running well, it's because it's all running down inside your wall or inside the crawl space. So they, they yeah. call them frost, yeah. frost proof, but that's really not true. They're kind of a frost resistant yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, well, I was kind of, a, I kind of figured that. So I always, in the winter, I've only been here um, through two winters. Um, I did undo my hose, but I bought one of those um, styrofoam caps that you kind of like has a rubber right. lanyard yeah. on it. You hook it over the top and then pull it up tight against it. Right. So I've always done that, but. But um, this thing has leaked um, since I moved in. Just but only when you turn the hose on. Yeah. So something's going on in there, and and if it it yeah. shouldn't do that, and if it if it is like Scott was saying, pull it all the way out, clip it off, put a new one in, shove it back in, and your problem solved. It also could be the vacuum breaker okay. on top. Oh, that's true. It may have a bug I, stuck I in it or something. Bre- yeah. I did check the vacuum breaker. It doesn't leak, and um, I unscrewed the top of it. I didn't pull it apart because it wasn't leaking. Yeah. I um, mean, it was real dry under there. So I just left that alone. But I do I, I have to take that out first before I pull the center out? Is that true? Uh, no. No. Uh. Okay, because on one of the YouTube videos I watched, they showed doing that first, but I wasn't sure because it, it doesn't look like that goes down into anything. So no, it doesn't. It, it's okay, just an so air gap. It, yeah, it's an air gap. Yeah. That just It's like your finger on the end of the straw when you take your finger off it. Right. Okay, yeah, so I don't even want to mess with that since it's not leaking. No. I'll just leave that, leave well enough alone on that. Yep. All right, well, first Correct. thing, I'm, I guess I'll just try taking the stem out yeah. and see if I can find parts for that. So, yep. anyways, okay. And look well, on the handle for the brand name. Look on the yeah, handle for Jeff. the brand name. That'll yeah. help you find parts. If you need them. That's right. And if not, if you need a plumber, Scott's here. He can take care of you. 208 888 Of course, Master Plumbing is on the trusted home fix resource list which has been updated it's available at my website in fact that's pretty much all that the website is is the trusted resource list joeprin.com p-r-i-n just go to joeprin.com you will find the trusted resource list there and you can either look at it print it out 
save it on your desktop, whatever. It's there for you and it's absolutely free of charge. We'll be back right after these messages from the sponsors who make this program possible each and every week. The Home Fix Show with Joe Prin will be right back on News Talk KBOI. There are lots of elements that make up the exterior of your home. They all work together to protect the structure, you, and everything inside. So when you need some help with those elements, like siding, trim, soffits, and fascia, or porches and entryways, Bill Bott of Bott's Exteriors is ready to help you out. Now is the time to take care of those needed repairs, or it could be the time for an updated appearance for your home. Rest assured, when you choose Bott's Exteriors, they have been helping Idaho families with their homes for decades. Bill and his team are very experienced and will bring the skill and efficiency to your home. Quality work and honest, friendly service from start to finish is why Bots has so many repeat customers. Give Bots Exteriors a call and ask them to visit your house for a quote. 208-870-4324. That's Bots Exteriors. 208-870-4324. Who doesn't want to be a bit more organized? Now, don't get too far ahead of me. I'm talking about in your garage. What a unique space we have there. Sporting goods, gardening supplies, kids' toys, bicycles, tools, and perhaps even a car or two. You want it to be as efficient as possible, but you also may need to change it later as your needs change. Storage Evolution has the solutions to getting organized that you've been looking for. Their designs allow for a better use of space for storage of small items to big things like that extra set of snow tires. And quality, Storage Evolutions is so confident that their shelving can take whatever your garage throws at it that they back it with a lifetime warranty. Don't forget your pantry, closet, mudroom, or laundry room because Storage Evolution is an organized living dealer and can help there too. Call Storage Evolution at 208 515 3575 or visit garagesolutionsboise.com It's amazing to look at the variety of hardwood floors you could have in your house. What, you thought that oak and maple were the only choices? There's more of a selection of species, widths, textures, and finishes now than there ever has been. And Integrity Hardwood Floors can help you get it done. Their years of experience has taught them what works and what doesn't. Integrity Hardwood Floors is a bonus certified craftsman with specialty tools and factory knowledge of application techniques and cleaning methods. Known for their complete and total customer satisfaction, Integrity Hardwood Floors can help you select your new floor and install it for you. Schedule a visit virtually or in person with Carl at Integrity Hardwood Floors. Learn what your choices are and which floor will be right for your lifestyle and your budget. Call 208-724-9445. Online at IntegrityHardwoodFloor.com, 208-724-9445. Garage doors are available now in many new and beautiful styles. They're becoming more and more important to the exterior theme and look of your home, and one of the very few home improvement projects that provide an instant positive return on your investment. You've seen houses in your neighborhood that have received new garage doors, and man, do they look good. Amazing wood grain looking finishes, windows, and shadow details are all the thing right now. Call Garage Door Store Boise for help with your door. Of course, they still do repairs, but if it's time to replace your existing door with something a little more exciting, call Garage Door Store Boise. They have 16 foot wide wood grain doors with windows 
starting at about $2,000 installed. Call Kevin at 208-514-2871 and have him bring by some samples for you to look over. 208-514-2871 or visit garagedoorstoreboise.com for special offers, a photo gallery, and more information. This is Home Fix with Joe Prin. If you'd like to talk to Joe, call now, 336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. Now back to Home Fix on News Talk KBOI. Your basic food waste disposal system, not to be confused with what everybody calls a garbage disposal. Yes, it is the same thing, but <laughs> they're not for garbage. They're right. They're it makes it sound like you can just shove anything that you want down through those things, and you really shouldn't. Oh, believe me, people do, though. They try, yeah. Uh, they are essentially grinders that chop things up by using some water to flush through them as they're running. They jam. Something gets stuck inside, net it, not letting the motor that's in there spin the way it should, or potentially they have even rusted shut on you in the past. If the switch does not turn on the disposal when you flick it on, check to see if the overload breaker on the bottom of the disposal has popped out. It's like that little red thermometer thing on a turkey that tells you when it's done. (laughs) (coughs) Excuse me. When that pops out on your disposal, yeah, it's done too. That means something's jamming it in there. And this is protecting the motor from uh, being damaged by the power just pushing against it. So you can try to reset that and try to, (coughs) excuse me, and you can try to run it again. If it's still stuck, that humming sound, turn it back off, unplug the disposal from the wall outlet, and then right dead center in the middle of the disposal, you'll find a, I believe it's a six-sided wrench hole uh, that goes in there. An Allen wrench will fit into there. Yep. You probably have this. It's that chrome Z-shaped little wrench that's in that junk drawer in your kitchen that you've always wondered what that was for. Well, that's for your disposal. And if you put that into that center shaft fitting on the bottom of the disposal and kind of rock that back and forth a little bit, if you can break that loose, you say, oh, I just figured out what was jamming that. If you can release it that way, then you can go back and uh, hit the reset button, plug it in, and try that all again, and maybe you'll grind up what was ever in there. If it jams again, though, you're going to have to take and clean out whatever's in there. Uh, we've actually heard of people getting it loose. There's something in there. They can't find it or feel it, so they'll stick the vacuum cleaner in there. <laughs> the shop vac or sure. something and suck it out. You know, Obviously, not all the wet stuff, but uh, shop vac will work for doing that. Pull out what's in there, and then if the the shaft uh, spins easily and you plug it back in, everything's good again. But uh, just because you do not use your disposal on a regular basis doesn't mean you shouldn't use your disposal on a regular basis. You you should be grinding up either some ice cubes and baking soda every now and then to kind of keep it clean, keep it fresh, because it's just a drain. It's a drain that just happens to go through there, and Mm -hmm. if you use a dishwasher, it's dumping into there also so that any right. chunkage can get ground up before it goes down the line also. 
Right. Anything you would add to that uh, common advice for So that's a great topic. Disposals? Yeah, it's a great topic. Food disposals are not garbage disposals. Scrape all your food into the trash first and then use it to, you know, rinse and catch everything else. Yeah. I'm also a huge fan of value, and I think one of the big things people overlook is getting the correct disposal. Um, you can go to Home Depot or Lowe's. You can find a cheap disposal for like, you know, 80 90 100 bucks, right? Even less sometimes. Even, even less sometimes. $59 promotional ones. But you do get what you pay for, right? It's going to be a metal steel um, inside. It's going to rust, something like that. Spend a couple, spend an extra 100 bucks and get the one that's all stainless steel on the inside. It'll never rust. And a little heftier motor, and perhaps it even has, it has a... auto-reverse that'll unjam automatically. Or an insulation blanket around it. it quieter. So it doesn't sound like a helicopter's landing in your kitchen. Exactly. I'm a huge proponent of spending a couple extra, you know, 100, 150 bucks extra to get a better garbage disposal. You will be happy, have less problems, less service calls, especially if you're not a do-it-yourselfer. If you read some of the, uh, the magazines on more sustainable and responsible living... A lot of those even call for the elimination of garbage disposals on plumbing systems because what we do is we send a lot of food byproduct Mm -hmm. down there uh, that ends up in our water treatment systems. Uh, I've also been told multiple times by by your team that's been out to my house and everything, they say, oh, you've got a disposal. You should get rid of that because you're on a septic tank. They say septic tanks and garbage disposals don't go together together very good because you're grinding stuff up messes with the bacteria and the right you shouldn't yeah. be putting that and i say well we don't do that anyway we've got this little filter everything goes in the compost pile he says just get rid of the disposal because it's it, that'll force you to make sure you don't put anything down the drain right and your septic system will live longer because of that your drain field won't plug up as soon because of that that's true and so there's there, there are some arguments to get rid of that i remember in the Plus, you use more water, right? Not to interrupt you there, but that's true. You have to run a lot more water down to rinse the disposal out to take the stuff up. So you're and, actually and wasting a little say, bit of water. Oh, my disposal always stinks and everything. Well, get rid of it. Yeah, you know, don't have. Oh, I have to have it for what? What do you What are you grinding up? You know, you don't put chicken bones down there and stuff. I, despite my mother, who used to try <laughs> doing that, she thought that it was, you know, well, she had three quarters of a horse there. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's almost a lawnmower. We can use this as a wood chipper if we want. <laughs> Yeah, and they do. And in Sinkerator, she tried. To, my dad, yeah. and he's out. He's cleaning it out. And well, in Sinkerator advertises you can do chicken bones if you buy their one horsepower model. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, you it's a beast. No, you, you shouldn't. Sh- you shouldn't do that. Yeah. All right, because uh, yeah, that's that's often another phone call that comes in here <laughs> is you know my disposal's doing this. Right. Okay. So the first thing you check is you know first try that reset button and try it again, and then if it's not that, unplug it because. <laughs> I've also heard of that, where people have left it plugged in, they've forgotten they left the switch on, they go down there with that little wrench, they break it loose, and that Zoom! wrench comes flying, flying around and then you know, yeah. shatters the second knuckle on your index finger. So, but you'll hear it. If it's humming, yeah. don't put the wrench in there and spin it. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. So always unplug it if you're ever going to reach down inside there to try to remove anything mm-hmm. or you know get out the, the the fork you forgot about and it wrapped itself up down in there or something unplug the disposal from the power source completely right. so the second thing that comes up with that is my disposal is leaking and i always say where good 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 yep and uh, what i find is there's like three common points on there they say water's coming out of the bottom where the electrical cord goes into it. And I say, okay, your disposal's done. Yep, the steel plate in the bottom is rusted through. 
it's rusted through the the housing itself, which could be made out of some kind of a composite metal. They used mm-hmm. to call pot metal or yep. something or aluminum. It's 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 rotted through and it's leaking. That is not repairable. Uh, the second place it leaks is up around the neck of the disposal where mm-hmm. it actually joins the sink. Sometimes that's repairable. Yep. Um, I did have a disposal on someone's home. It was a really nice old one that. Uh, it was in beautiful working condition, and it was just quiet as all get out. But that up at the top, there's a flange with a, uh, I guess, an overextended little bump that mm-hmm. catches into a groove on the rubber seal that goes on there. Well, that had something was was bad there. The casting was starting to rot. So all we did on that one when we had it off is I smeared a little bit of JB Weld on it. You know, after cleaning it up, sanded it down and put it back on there. And from what I heard, it was good for quite a few years after that. Great. That one was repairable. But the other place where it's not is where the dishwasher connects into the the little neck spout that comes out. Yeah, and the older ones, that was like a pot metal also. Yeah, and that that goes bad on there. But But now they're like a a plastic polymer kind of thing, so they don't don't rust out up there. So what have you experienced with replacing disposals. What do you see most common that us do-it-yourselfers do wrong when we try to replace them? Because <laughs> I've done it enough that it's it. I can do them blindfolded. It's, the num- it, it's it, not that hard to remove and replace a disposal, but the first few times I did it, yeah, yeah. it was a learning experience. So the number one thing that I find the do-it-yourselfers forget about or, or make a mistake on when they change the garbage disposal is they don't knock out the, the dishwasher plug yeah. um, when they connect the dishwasher hose. I've uh, done there, been that. <laughs> right? So I've done that. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, on the side inlet on the garbage disposal, up top below the throat, there's a little like one inch uh, connector that comes through. It looks like a, a, a sprinkler fitting for poly pipe. It's yeah, this barbed, it's barbed metal on the end. fitting mm-hmm. that your dis- dishwasher discharge hose just slips over and you tighten the clamp on it. Yeah. So from, when you get your garbage disposal from the manufacturer, there's a, a, a plug in there that's permanently installed because not everyone has a dishwasher on their garbage disposal. Right. And so that prevents the water from leaking out there. Right, because if that wasn't plugged, you turn, the you turn on the disposal, it's going to just out be the side. barfing water exactly. out the side of the disposal. Right, so that's why it's there. But if you have a dishwasher and your dishwasher drain connects to that fitting, right, it hooks yes. over that barb fitting and it's connected with like a little hose clamp or some kind of barb there. Right. And if you don't knock that out, guess what? Your dishwasher is not going to drain. Nowhere for uh, it to go. So you have to take a screwdriver, lay, it on, lay the disposal on its side before you connect it, take a little screwdriver, a little mallet, pop it out. And then don't forget to turn the garbage disposal upside down and get the little knockout out of the disposal. I've seen that or too. Or you'll be back under there with the wrench and the little exactly. red button. <laughs> and it doesn't get chewed up very easily. You have to pull it out. So make sure you shake that and get that to come out first. And then mount your garbage And it disposal. could be plastic. It could be metal. It just depends what the disposal's yeah, made out of. Most of the time it's plastic nowadays. Is it true that most disposals are made by like the same company? <laughs> They're all made by <laughs> in incinerator, and they just put different brand names on them. Whether it's Kenmore or uh, Badger, or I think that's all. The, I think Whirlpool, Kenmore. I think they're all they're all pretty much the same. Pretty much the similar, but they're different companies. But the the fitting to attach them to the sink, like ninety eight percent of them are all the same. Yeah, Incinerator developed that, and they had the patent on that for a long time, but it wore out. So now it's just become common standard for everybody. Well, you got one more chance. If you've got a plumbing question for Scott, he'll be here for about 10 minutes after we come back after this break to take us to the top of the hour in the news. So now is your chance. Do you have a plumbing question about something in your home? Any plumbing question at all? Scott is here and he will help you 
but you have to call 208-336-3700. We'll be right back. The Home Fix Show with Joe Prin. We'll be right back on News Talk KBOI. There is the zero-res way to clean carpets, and then there's the way that most others do it. Zero-res uses powered water, which does a better job breaking down dirt and grime to get carpets cleaner, all while not leaving behind a crunchy, sticky residue like detergent cleaners do. This means your carpets not only get cleaner, but they stay cleaner longer. Zero-res cleans upholstery, outdoor patio furniture, tile floors, wood floors, and more. They remove pet and food stains and can restore damaged areas. Zero-Res also cleans area rugs and stair runners, and Zero-Res is a certified master rug cleaner, having been trained to clean the most delicate of antique rugs and textiles. For professional service, respect of your home and your schedule, book your next appointment online at zeroresboise.com or call 208-383-1000. That's 208-383-1000 for Zero Res. Your home is your sanctuary, the one place you can always relax, decompress, and chill out. It's where everything should be perfect, including your air. Heating Equipment Company helps you achieve the perfect air you deserve with reliable, groundbreaking, award-winning Lennox products. Lennox home comfort systems are built to last with the newest technology that keeps your air perfect and helps you feel more relaxed and energized. And Heating Equipment Company is offering up to $1,800 in rebates on a new Lennox system or make no payment for six months when you finance a new Linux system for as little as $132 a month on systems quoted during the rebate program dates. That's right, we're making it easier than ever to achieve perfect air in your home. To learn more, call Heating Equipment Company at 208-459-2212 today or visit us online at heatingequipmentcompany.com. For great products, big savings, and perfect air, think Heating Equipment Company, your local Linux dealer. Terms and conditions apply. See dealer for details. The convenience and cleaning power of a central vacuum system is able to be added into existing homes. Coltrane Central Vac specializes in providing you with a quality, neat, and well-placed central vac system in your home. Most installations can be done in one day. Imagine adding a retractable hose that stores out of sight, but yet within easy reach anytime you need it. No more lugging heavy vacuum cleaners up and downstairs. With Culture and Central Vac Systems, just take the lightweight cleaning tools you need with you. The power and the hoses are built into your house. Check out CultureandVac.com to see their products in action, current specials, or to quickly order replacement bags, filters, or accessories. You know that a clean home is a healthy home, and Central Vacs have five times more power than portable vacuums. So change the way you clean. Start with a visit to Culture and Central Vac, 208 895-8900. Open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Culture and Central Vac, 208-895-8900. When it starts getting cold outside, bugs and rodents start looking for a new place to live. They don't all die off over winter. If they did, there wouldn't be any bugs or mice next year, right? They want to have babies and lots of babies. Well, to them, your home is their home, unless you call Pestcom and have them... Find another place to live. Hey, you got to go somewhere else. Well, what gives you the creeps? Earwigs, box elder bugs, spiders, mice. Well, get ahead of this. Pestcom is who you want to control these and other icky little things from setting up their winter home in your walls and crawl space and attics. Call Pestcom now and have them schedule a control program for your home and your budget. Mention that you listen to the Home Fix Show and your first treatment is going to be half price. 208 208- 
208-495-5636. That's 208-495-5636 for Pestcom or learn more at Pestcom.com. This is the Treasure Valley's longest-running home show for over 33 years. You're listening to The Home Fix Show with Joe Prin on News Talk KBOI. So, Scott, you're not going to get out of here today unless we talk about one of the fall projects. I, I can't believe it. I see leaves starting to change color. Already? I know. Some of the trees, you know, they've got some of that orange and reddish, you know, and you're thinking, oh, we're mm-hmm. we're getting close. Did we even, we didn't even have like our regular summer. We went from 100 degrees and inside to fire to now <laughs> snow. Right. Um, draining water heaters. Uh, this is a good time of year to do that before winter, you know, and the... Um, what about draining water heaters? Is that a good preventative thing to do? Is it overblown? Is it necessary? Is it not necessary with water heater design and technology? Give me the whole theory of that, and then I'm going to ask you to tell us how to do it. So a little bit of everything, right? So the reason why we drain water heaters is we want to get the sediment off the bottom of the tank. The, what, the reason we want to do that is because the more sediment you get, it insulates the bottom of the tank. And if you have a gas-fired water heater in particularly, yes. the flame is on the bottom, and so it needs to heat the tank. And then if all that sediment needs to heat through that sediment before it starts heating the water. So your water heater becomes less efficient as more and more sediment builds up on the bottom of your gas-fired water heater. It would be like having a tea kettle with two inches of sand in it. Exactly, exactly. So that's why if you don't flush your water heater out, you'll hear things like, my water heater rumbles. And what that's happening is you have little pockets in the rust they get so hot, they flash to steam, and then and then it makes the rust uh, kind of move and bubble, and so right. that's that's what it that's what the rumbling is. Okay, so that's what it does. Gives you more energy efficiency on it. On electric water heaters, it's a little bit different um, because the heating elements are not in the bottom; they're on the side. Yeah, they're right? up, they're up a foot or so from the bottom and yep. down a foot or so from the top. Yep. So flushing the water heater out is not quite as critical on those because there's no um, heat being in underneath the underneath mm. the sediment. Okay. Um, but it, flushing it out does help with the sediment building up on the element itself. Or some capacity. If you've got a 40-gallon yeah, water correct. heater with six inches of stuff in the bottom of it, you really got a 37-gallon water heater. Right. That, that's good. And then on, your, on the other end, you have the tankless water heaters, which are very common. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, they're getting more and more in there. You need to flush those out every year because you have the small waterways in the heat exchanger, and you need to uh, eliminate and remove that stuff out so that your water heater continues to be efficient and work as well. So should you do this? Because I've also had people tell me, they say, you know, I was my water heater was doing just fine until I started flushing it, and now it leaks and it, it's going to have to be replaced because I must have upset the balance of the, the system there. And there's some truth to that, right? So yeah. as the sediment builds on the bottom, the water heater rusts on the bottom, and the sediment's like a Band-Aid, right? It sticks it on top of the Band-Aid. As you start flushing it, it peels that off, and you might get a little bit of, uh, you know, scale coming off that was holding over the tank, and then now it's thinner and it starts to leak, right? Right. So you may not have caused it. You may have accelerated it a little bit. What about the folks that they go, they say, okay, I'm going to do this. So they shut off the power Mm -hmm. to the heater. They shut off the gas to the heater. Yes. They open up the hot faucet, let it be replaced with some cool water so that they're not putting scalding hot water out through the hose. You know, they cool it down a little bit. And then they open up that valve down there at the bottom and nothing comes out. So when I flush a water heater, I do not drain the water heater. I flush it with the water on. 
Because then you have the pressure. Tell me more. Tell me more. Because if you were to just turn the water off to the water heater and open up your drain valve, it's the old thumb on the straw trick, right? You open up your drain valve, your thumb's on the straw, and nothing's going to come out. It's air. It's airlocked. Right. So you need to, if you're going to drain the heater, you got to open up water, uh, air somewhere. But what I like to do is don't even airlock at all. Keep the water on. Blow the cold water comes in at, fi- at anywhere from 50 to 60 psi. Flushes that out. Stirs the bottom. Shoots all that sediment out. Let it run for five minutes, and then still you still you see it come nice and clear. All the all the white sludge, mm-hmm. brown rust is all out. <clears throat> and then turn your valve off and you're good to go. And that may take half an hour to, you know, 45 minutes of running that water heater until you don't see any more chunkage coming out. Usually not that long. Usually it's more like about 10 to 15 minutes. Really? That but, fast? But it can okay. be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you have the water on and open that thing full blast, you're getting a lot of volume through there. I saw a photo posted on uh, on Facebook on one of the, the neighborhood pages. Somebody said, hey, I just did this. You might want to look at yours. He took out his anode rod. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, somebody that knew, one, what that was right. and had the tool to take that out and mm-hmm. the ability to do that. And he took it out, and it was like this thin coat hanger wire size piece yep. going down through there when before that it started out about the size of a – yeah, a roll of quarters, you know, that's mm-hmm. like four feet long. Yep. Yes, yeah, so the anode rod is designed to uh, take the uh, the corrosion to the anode rod instead of attacking the metal tank right. from the electrolysis that occurs in the water. A sacrificial item. Exactly. Do you guys check that when you come out to drain a water heater and inspect in that? We do not. And the reason we don't is because there's really no easy way to inspect it other than to remove it. Yes. And usually removing it is quite cost of, um, prohibitive to do that because... In order to pull that rod out, right, it's like four feet, right. three to four feet long. You need to have three to four feet above the top of your water heater. Oh, and most a lot of people, people don't, and it hits the ceiling. So, uh. so in order to so in order to pull it out, you have to <laughs> d- drain, disconnect, tip your water heater, and then pull it out. That's why anode rods are not replaced on a regular basis. Gotcha. Well, thanks for coming down and being with us today. If people have yeah, it's great to be Additional here. questions, you can always send them to me in email form. I will get those to Scott or one of the other very talented plumbers at Master Plumbing. We will get answers. I will reply to you or potentially even use some of that uh, on the show here. So if we didn't get to your questions today and you still want to answer those or want an answer to those, just send an email to joe at joeprin.com, P-R-I-N, joe at joeprin.com. If you'd like to reach Scott or any of, like I say, the other great plumbers at Master Plumbing, the number's 208-888-9191. And say, hey, Scott, I heard you on the show with Joe. I need you out at my house. Thanks, Treasure Valley. It's been great to be here. We'll be back next week. Tara will be here. I will be here. Thank you. We expect you to be here, too, on Home Fix on News Talk KBOI. This is a podcast of The Home Fix Show with Joe Prin. Well, it was on this day about 20 years ago. It was 20 years ago. At about this time, uh, you were probably watching television and seeing how our world was torn apart, and yet we all came together on this day 20 years ago. What were you doing? Where were you? And who was with you? Uh, Today is that. Day of Remembrance. Hey, welcome back to the Home Fix Show. And uh, boy, do I feel stupid. I, <laughs> I got all done with that. And what'd you say? You started packing up. I'm like, Joe, you have another half hour of your show. We got another half hour to go. 
Just because Scott's leaving doesn't mean you get to. Well, all the fun's gone when he left. I mean, it's just, okay. He was a wealth of knowledge. Yes, he's very good. And uh, thank you, Scott, for being here with us. And yes, I did. I just went into autopilot here and just started unplugging my headphones and rolling up my cords and turning off my computer and all that. And Tara says, well, what do you want? You want me to do the show for the last half by myself? You, you, know, you don't want me to I, do the show. I, I, I could. You could. You, 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 maybe you've gotten enough just through osmosis here. <laughs> you, you could probably handle it. Yeah, you just, just listen to everybody and whatever they say, say, don't do that. <laughs> I'll just say disclaimer. And then say, oh, gosh, I guess we lost, uh, we lost that caller. Uh, call back and we'll try to answer that question. Okay, next. No. <laughs> Yeah, hey, uh, we do have some more to talk about. If you'd like to join us, 336-3700. You and me for the next half hour, and we can talk about any projects that you have going, material advice, help with contractors, costing, how to go about doing things, maybe help you through a choice between two or three different opinions or ways of doing things. I can either confuse or help you a little bit more right here, 208-336-3700. I would also be very remiss today if I didn't thank our friends at Wild West Eatery and Cantina in downtown Eagle. We've been experiencing for the last couple of <clears throat> couple of weeks here some of the new menu items that have been added to the primarily to the lunch menu, but we, we have them here for breakfast now. And uh, if you want to see some photos of some of this great stuff, instead of having me talk about it, uh, just go to my personal. Facebook page, go to uh, Joe Prin on Facebook and you'll see what we had here this morning for our, our breakfast. And it's, uh, it's pretty incredible. I don't, I told myself I wasn't going to take pictures of food anymore, but that's, I think that's food that I make. So when somebody else makes it, I think I can break that rule. So I posted some pictures of that on, on Facebook, just uh, go to, go to my personal page on there and you can see what that's all about. So last week, I, I talked about something early in the program and then received two emails after the show about it. So I thought, you know, I got I to gotta remember that uh, those of you listening right now, there's very few of you that were here at 730 this morning. It's, a, it's kind of a new, new listening audience at this point. Those that were here, thank you for that. You are the, uh, the foundations of this program. I thank you for spending all that time with us. But if you're new to Idaho and you have a sprinkler system, you may be surprised to know that you do have to blow the water out of that system before winter, or there's a very, very good chance that uh, the water in those pipes are going to freeze and do some pretty serious damage to your system that will keep it from working properly next year when you go to fire it up. (coughs) There's a, a couple of ways you can go about doing this. You can do this yourself if you have or want to rent a very large air compressor, or you can hire a person who does this at this time of year, uh, who does this professionally. I was talking to Sprinkler Dan this week. We were out visiting a a home, and I was talking to him about blowouts, and I said, you got me on your list? Yeah, you got my kids on the list? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get ready to start doing that here pretty quick. And I said, so uh, what do you see out there that do-it-yourselfers do wrong? He says, well, you know, you usually see that guy out there with his little pancake compressor that he uses for running a finish nailer, you know, hooking that into the system and trying to blow it out with that. And he says, and he thinks he gets it all right. And then I come around and hook up my compressor to that and blow out another 300 gallons of water out of there. So um, it does require a very large piece of equipment. 
as well as uh, a large volume of air at the proper pressure too. So uh, otherwise you, you may launch sprinkler heads, you know, over the fence and into the neighbor's yard because you did the wrong air pressure on them. So how this works is that the water to the system, the water to your sprinkler system, has to be shut off first at the main valve connection. This is the furthest most point backwards in the system to where it gets its water from, which is probably that main line that goes to your home, either off of the well or off of the city water supply. That's the place you want to shut things off first. So we're going to shut that off. Then the second is a drain valve, which is probably right next to that uh, physically, uh, if not in the same large tube, it could be in a separate one right next to it. That is a drain valve. You're going to open that up and that's going to allow the water that comes from above ground where the backflow valve should be. It's going to drain that out to the bottom point of that system. So with the backflow valve, it's also isolated to where you can just go forward from there. But in the valve itself are going to be some small drain and test fittings. All of those are opened up and allowed the, the water to drain out of those. And then they're cocked in kind of a half open, half closed position. Dan reminded me of that, that those are ball valves that are on there. And any of the valves that you have the handle on where you turn them from like 12 o'clock to 9 o'clock or 9 o'clock to 6 o'clock or something. Uh, you don't want to have those either fully opened or fully closed. You want to keep them in about a halfway position. Otherwise, they will back up some water and moisture on one side of them, and you can freeze and break those. So they should be put in a half-open position. But for the purpose of blowing out our systems, the last one in the backflow system, it's going to be fully closed off because right there is probably a T-fitting or some type of a connection where you can remove a cap, and this is where the air hose is going to be attached to. So what it's going to do is shoot all of the air then into the manifold that you have with all of your individual sprinkler valves, and you're going to go around one at a time and either manually open up those valves and let them send the air through and blow out all the water in that zone, or you can go back to your electronic timer and just manually fire off that valve and uh, and let the air pressure do its work. What's going to happen is the air is going to go through that through that valve and then out through the zone and push all the water out through your sprinkler heads. And they are going to scream and whistle and spray, and everybody in the neighborhood is going to know that you're getting your sprinkler system blown out, but that's good because that needs to continue until there is nothing but nothing coming out of it, just uh, just air, not even any moisture vapor. And you go all the way through the system, do zone one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, however many you have, and then come back and do it again. Then that cap is put back on there and with thread tape or, or sealant on the threads or whatever because you're not going to touch that again until next year at this time. And then you walk away from everything. You put the lids back on your valve boxes, make sure all the sprinkler heads are back down in the, in the ground. If you want to mark some of those so you know where they are next, next spring, you could do that. Uh, but then you're ready to go. And you have to do that uh, every year. Otherwise, those lines are going to freeze or the sprinkler head that's full of water is going to freeze and crack and split. And when you turn it on, it's, you, you're not going to have water when you want it without doing those repairs. Now, most of these people that do these on, on your systems, they have a route, they have a customer list or something that's set up 
Uh, if you don't have that person in your life, this is when you want to get a hold of them and make sure you get on that list because uh, availability of, of, of daylight hours to do this as well as the equipment. A lot of these people like, uh, like Sprinkler Dan, what he does is he has a standing reservation with one of the industrial rental companies and he rents one of these big giant compressors for like a month and he goes around and takes care of all of his customers on that. But then the equipment has to go back. So if he didn't get somebody done, they don't get done, but I mean, he doesn't let that happen. But uh, so it, it's not like you can call him at any time and they say, oh, I'll just run right out there. Now, some of them may own their own equipment and that's fine, but you want to make sure that somebody's coming. So if you haven't been in communication with uh, your person who normally does this for you, think about it. There's been, it, it's been since spring, maybe since you've seen this person, a lot could have changed in somebody's life. We're going through a pandemic. People are, are changing jobs. We, we never know what happens. So, you know, you might not want to just assume, well, I guess they're just going to show up when it's time. You might want to take a little initiative there and make that phone call <clears throat> and find out if you are, you know, quote, on the list or uh, set up to do that. And maybe they'll even tell you, oh, yeah, I got you all set up. It's going to be, you know, two weeks from now. Oh, wait, that early? Yeah, well, I got to get these done and I'm kind of planning those routes. It's okay. I think our lawns are going to be ready to start uh, going dormant a little bit. And uh, like we were saying earlier when we were talking about the shutting off of the, the canals and we were talking with Denny and that in, in Nampa, that if uh, if you need to, you can always run a hose out and give the trees some drinks and uh, some of the um, uh, the bushes and the flowers and that. They can always get a little drink of water there somewhere out of the hose if if you need to do that. Uh, so anyway, check, make sure you got that lined up, that you've got that done. Uh, you can also get your backflow valve certified uh, before they blow it out if you haven't done that. That is a requirement if you're on any of the city water supplies that your backflow prevention device is tested and make sure that it's in fully working order at this time. We're going to take our last break of our program, <laughs> despite those of you that thought, well, Joe, you weren't done at 10 o'clock. We had another half hour to go. Yes, we did. So... We'll do that now. If you've got any questions and you want to call in, now is the time. 208-336-3700. I'm Joe Prin. This is Home Fix. The Home Fix Show with Joe Prin will be right back on News Talk KBOI. There's a good argument to be made that the roof is the most important single component of your house. It protects you and everything else inside. And face it. Idaho weather is tough on roofs. That's why if your roof has seen better days, or if one of our wind or hail storms have done some damage to your roof, call Craig Frame at CF Construction. Craig is the one you hear sitting in with Joe on the Home Fix Show talking about roofing. Craig has an amazing team of installers that have worked together for years and go about getting you taken care of fast and efficiently. Craig's project manager will work with you to select the perfect shingle style and color to fit your budget and the appearance of your home. CF Construction is a hard-working roofing company that wants to earn your satisfaction through the great work and prompt manner in which they get it done. Call CF Construction at 208-921-1445. That's 208-921-1445. Good news from Nampa Appliance TV and Mattress. Appliances are becoming less hard to get right now, and if you've been waiting for a better in-stock selection or more online choices, plan a trip to Nampa Appliance TV and Mattress. 
If you need a new dishwasher, a refrigerator, stove, microwave, freezer, or cooktop, or grills and chills for your new outdoor kitchen project, or a new Serta mattress, or a new TV, come in and see Jackie and Lou. They have it all. Make sure you tell them that you're a listener to The Home Fix Show. Nampa Appliance is part of the Brand Source Network, and if you need to special order your new appliance, they can take care of you in minutes, not days or weeks. So have you been waiting? The time is now. Start with a visit, or at least a phone call, to Nampa Appliance TV and Mattress, 278 Caldwell Boulevard in Nampa, 208-465-0551. That's 208-465-0551. Visit nampabrandsource.com. Are you new to the Valley? If so, Master Plumbing welcomes you to this great area we call home. We know the move can feel overwhelming. There's so many things to do and figure out. Probably one of the last things on your mind is who am I going to call when I have a plumbing issue? Well, it's easy. Just call Master Plumbing. We've been serving the Valley for over 70 years, so you know we'll be here the next time you have a leaky faucet, a toilet that refuses to flush, or a not-so-hot water heater. You'll also have the peace of mind knowing that we carefully screen all our technicians. They're licensed, courteous professionals we welcome into our family's homes, so you'll feel the same about having them in yours. Read what some of our satisfied customers have to say at callmasternow.com or just give us a call at 208-888-9191. Call the masters, call the master plumbing, the masters of the trade. Renewable Energy Northwest starts the same way all the other PV companies start, with a copy of your power bill. The big difference is this is their starting point. One customer asked them to improve their power costs. The review came up with these solutions. Update the current HVAC system to an energy-efficient 21-sear heat pump system for a 20% savings. Install a solar thermal HVAC solution for heating water and assisting home heating for a 30% energy savings. Insulation improvements for 10 percent more energy savings, identification of inefficient appliances to be retired or replaced for an additional 5% energy savings, and these options resulted in a 65% energy reduction in the home. Now the solar PV needs to only cover the remaining 35%. Renewable Energy Northwest has a solar solution for you. Call 208-577-6537 or look at RenewableEnergyNWLLC.com. This is Home Fix with Joe Prin. If you'd like to talk to Joe, call now 336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. Now back to Home Fix on News Talk KBOI. Off to Meridian and let's talk with Roger. Good morning, Roger. Morning. Hi. Um, I guess I missed I guess I missed the plumber, but I had a question. Yeah, I'll um, see if I can help. Three, three, three toilets in the house. One of them seems to consistently not flush properly. You, you flush it, things go away, but then there's kind of a backflow and some things come back up that shouldn't be there. Okay. And the question is? Um, is, is there something that, what, am I doing something wrong or is, does the toilet need to be replaced? Ah, that, that, okay, now I see where you're going. Um, and these three toilets are all the exact same make, model, and age. Uh, no, they're not all the same. Hmm. Actually, they're they're all all different. Okay. And has it always done this, or did it just start doing this? Yeah, uh, it's it 
it didn't always do it, but I think it's been having that problem now for the last maybe year, year and a half at least. Okay. Um, two things can be going on, and they usually have to do with something in the drain system, whether it's in the toilet itself or it's in the piping that's beyond that. We know that our plumbing system is much like the branches of a tree. They all, all these branches feed into the one main trunk line. So it is possible to have an obstruction or something going on just in one of those branches. And the other ones can work fine continually, but there could be something going on here. So, um, you know, worst case scenario, I guess what you're doing is you're calling a plumber out there and they're either pulling the toilet off of the flange or, or trying to do some type of a drain cleaning of that branch line to see if that takes care of it. And a lot of times it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we often hear about things yeah. like venting, like the vent that goes out through the roof, you know, check to make sure a bird hasn't built a nest in it or something. That is really, really rare for that to happen. Um, that's, again, uh-huh. that finger on the straw thing where it's not draining right. Most of the time, what we find is there's something that's a a little rough edge, maybe something in the toilet itself or right where it joins the flange. The wax ring had a little bit of a squish out on the side of it and something's gotten hung up on there and it's continued to build up and it's just plugging it. it. It's really just a draining issue. Have you tried just a good old plunger through there while you're flushing it just with plain water a few times? I did. I did have a plumber out here, and they ran a snake through there, but that didn't seem to to change anything. Okay, so I think the next step is you want to have them actually pull the toilet off of the floor, off of the flange, and go at it from there on. Something where you can't, you just can't get one of those small snakes down in there. This way, they can take a larger drain cleaning tool and go all the way through back down to that main drain line. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that's probably going to be what takes care of your problem. Because it, it, yeah. if it was a problem with the actual toilet itself, you would have noticed it from the very first flush. And manufacturers aren't going to do that. They're not going to put out a product that they know doesn't work. So usually it's something in our drains. Yeah, the, the plumber did run the snake through there, but uh, didn't, he didn't remove the toilet or anything to do that. Yeah, and, and that's not a bad first try because it's much more economical than pulling the toilet and having to re-wax ring it and do all of that and caulk it all back in again. So it, it, it's a lot lesser of a cost, and it's worth giving it a try. Uh-huh. But uh, obviously that didn't take care of it in this case. So I think we need to get a little okay. more aggressive and try it, try it the other way. We'll, we'll have to go to step two then. Yep. Thank all you right. For you bet. Thanks, Roger. Uh, let's go to Masako in Payette. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. My na- I'm calling for my neighbor. I heard outdoor faucet, city water, and it's leaking all the time. So mm. she, I don't know how she turned it off. Then uh, she called a plumber, and she, she uh, he has to dig all around the hole. To change the stuff, I don't know. I the way I looking at, uh, just to, uh, what's the name of washer? Yes. But I don't know those kind. It has to be the big big hole. No, 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 no. So, so let me let me just uh, read that back to you. So your neighbor has an outdoor faucet that's leaking yes. continually, even when you try to shut it off, it's leaking. And, right. Okay. And, this, this, this moment, please. The pump, 
is for winter time, she doesn't have to wrap them up anything. It d- doesn't freeze, that I understand. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So this is an outdoor frost-proof hydrant. This is something maybe not attached to the house, but it's out further away from the house. Maybe a, a foot away from the house. Okay. All right. So, th- so this is a, yes. All right. This is a year round hydrant. And yes, the plumber mm-hmm. is going to have to dig because that pipe goes down in the ground, usually mm-hmm. somewhere around three feet, maybe even four feet deep. That's and, and that's where it connects to the pipe. Now, this is the same type of a faucet, just like the one in the house where those can be rebuilt from the top without having to dig that hole. I'm surprised he just didn't shut off the water to that and then try disassembling that because it has a washer on it, just like any type of faucet handle. It's just a different mechanical type of arrangement. So um, maybe he tried that and found out that there is a problem and he's going to have to dig that up and replace it. That, that very well could happen. Uh, Masako, I'm sorry I have to go. Stay on the line. We can talk some more, but we are really this time out of show. See you next week. If there's ever been a year that your roof has taken a beating, this is it. We've had it all, from below freezing to well over 100 degrees. If that roof is a flat or low-sloping roof, that adds even more stress of piled-up dirt and debris. So before the weather changes again, call Precision Single Ply to come inspect your flat or low-sloping roof. Their experienced technicians will look over every square inch for any problem areas that could be a potential leak. And in most cases, they can repair them right on the spot. Precision Single Ply has been taking care of commercial, agricultural, and residential flat and low-sloping roofs for many years and should be your first choice for annual inspections and repairs. Single Ply membrane roofs will last for many carefree years if the system is installed and maintained properly. If you need help with a low-sloping or flat roof, call Precision Single Ply, 208-939-9979. 208-939-9979. That's 208-939-9979. Isn't it great knowing that when you need a Realtor, you could have Idaho's number one Realtor working for you? That's right. If you make a call to Matt Bauscher, you'll be treated with respect and professionalism no matter the size of your transaction. You've heard Matt here on the Home Fix Show with me. You've heard callers that have become his clients. Matt and his team are on top of what's happening in Idaho minute by minute, neighborhood by neighborhood. Choose quality and professionalism. Choose Matt Bauscher for your realtor. Visit BauscherRealEstate.com or call Matt at 208-631-3870. That's 208-631-3870. In accordance with fair housing laws, Matt Bauscher provides equal professional service without regard to the race, color, religion, sex, handicap, familial status, national origin, favorite football team, or sexual orientation of any prospective client, customer, or the residents of any community.